Dude, I got my check from the government. Yo, that refundo swimming stacks, in the money. Stacks, that stacks, <laughs> stacks and stacks of. <laughs> you get like thirty-two dollars. <laughs> make, make it rain for exactly five seconds. Hey, that's like your money back up because that's, that's like just physically. Sorry, not physically. Physically. What? Physically. What? Physically. What? Fiscally. Fiscally. Movies, TV, Blu-rays. If somehow you're consuming it on the screen with your eyes, then you'll hear it on Scene and Nerd. Here are the hosts of Scene and Nerd, Casey, Pete, and Matt, with a little help from Casey Franco. Welcome back to Scene and Nerd. Happy yeah. Avengers. Happy, happy Age of Ultron Day. All Marvel Every Day. May Come on, first. guys. It's a little more exciting. Come on. It's all Marvel all the time. I just ate a muffin. I'm well, sleepy. I have, yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I'm, I have reason to be excited, Pete. Once I see it, then I'll be pumped to talk about it. Okay, yeah. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit. Um, let's just kick things off. I'm your host, Pacey Pete. Alongside always is Mr. Casey Franco. Who, what, where, why, how, all the questions. And back from the dead, Mr. I am Salzy. Totally back from the dead. You are a zombie for real this time. I, for, oh, and man. for reals. And I'm just confirming we cannot tra- transmit the zombie. We've, we've already established the zombie is not transmittable no, over airwaves. No, okay, good. no, no. And, totally back, is, totally and Sorry. back is always the, uh, the dynamic duo, the TV whisperers, Miss Lauren Galloway and Miss Amy Marie. Hey-o. Oh, Lauren, we have a team name. That's fantastic. Yes, we do. <laughs> to add the on to your many, you know, Miss Multiverse, you know, you got a bunch of them, Amy. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> no one's here, but here's the fun fact. Does anyone actually know my last name? Uh, Without is me it, looking at it. Is it not, <laughs> I do. Is it not Marie 97? <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! I thought your last name was underscore Marie ninety seven. <laughs> no, that didn't fly with social security. Uh, <laughs> a lot of things don't fly with social. <laughs> All right. All right. Anyway. So uh, let's get to Matt's redactions. Matt, do you have any redactions this week? No, because you guys are absolutely perfect. Why is it that whenever I take a week off, you guys make no mistakes? It's annoying. Ooh, ooh pick me. <laughs> oh, I have a redaction. Oh, what's up, Casey? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I end up, you can't see me. Um, all right. So last week, uh, I had some not so nice comments about the Flash punching uh, Thea in the face. <laughs> no, not Thea. Uh, Iris. Sorry, wrong show. And uh, someone called me out uh, on Twitter. I just wanted to go ahead and say that I do not condone uh, violence towards women, uh, unless there's some caveats here. Uh, the woman has a gun and is threatening you. Or perhaps a Good bear one. on a leash, or Good is one. actually a disguised supervillain. In which case, I do condone violence towards women, but only in those very specific cases. And uh, I want to apologize to anyone I may have offended on a more serious note. Please stop angry tweeting at me. All right. Yeah, stop angry tweeting at Casey. Leave alone. Well, it's thank a, you for that, Casey. It's a, it's a funny podcast. I say funny, stupid things sometimes. That's my job. All right. Well, I, all. I was actually. Well, what is it? I tweeted out one of the, uh, ep- well, the episode, but about, you know, w- when I'm specific about, like, shows like The Flash, and 
it got a, like a ton of retweets, and actually a lot of people inter- were interacting with us, and that's kind of just how that came about. Somebody who who doesn't follow us but um, saw the tweet, and I guess listened to the show, and and listened to that specific segment, and and yeah, so that's how that all came about. But well, yeah, I can understand someone who doesn't really know uh, that I don't say a lot of really serious things <laughs> yeah. could probably uh, take that to mean that I'm a mean person. Don't don't worry. I defended you, Casey. I was like, thank you, know, you Pete. He, he doesn't he doesn't do that. That's I, I know he he wasn't trying to be mean. So, so all right. Uh, so. Would you say that uh, at via blast was on blast? Oh, <laughs> oh shit! Go oh, coming back with a vengeance. Oh, That's man. me. Hashtag well, it's yeah. all connected. <laughs> Damn. All right. Well, uh, Matt, if you can go ahead and redact that for me, I think we can move on. Yeah. Uh, um. From here on forth, or was it again? No, that was right. No, that's oh my god! Right. From here on events forth, those comments, questions, and mishaps have been redacted. God, Man, see what happens when you just miss a weight a off my shoulders. Look at you. That's fine. You know, I just I gotta you know, rolling start. You know, gotta just jog jog forward and then I go in sprinting back in. <laughs> All right. Guess, so, um, what me sprinting? I guess I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, Moving on to the new movies, or should I say new movie, that everyone's been looking forward to forever, Um, and it's finally here. Age of Ultron, uh, sitting at 75% on the tomato meter, Uh, but that doesn't matter. You know it's going to be good. So um, really quickly, we are not going to get into spoilers. We're going to give you a week. You get get one week, guys. You hear me? One week, and then we are going spoiler heavy. For now, though, Amy and Lauren are going to give you their quick non-spoiler review of Age of Ultron. <clears throat> Lauren, you want right, to go first? Uh, I will go first. I watched Age of Ultron last night in IMAX 3D, and I loved it. It was probably my favorite Marvel movie to date. And not because it does really? anything better than the other films, because I love all of them equally, but... They just, like, seeing these characters come together again after them not working together since the original Avenger movie, everything was perfect. Uh, The one-liners were absolutely hilarious, and I can't wait till this movie comes out on DVD because Tumblr will be filled with the best gifts ever. Um, There were really tender moments between all of the characters. Like, Thor and Cap had great moments. Tony and Cap had great moments. Black Widow and Hawkeye had great moments. There were some really cool surprises, which you guys are going to be really excited about when you see just some of the elements that they put into the film. Um, Yeah, the backstories were really cool. Um, I think if I had to say my favorite part of the whole thing, it was just how they established the character of Vision. I thought that was really well done. So it gets 100% on my tomato meter. Go see it. Yeah, I totally have to agree with Lauren. Um, I don't know if I qualified as my my favorite, but the thing that this actually reminded me a little bit of Star Trek Into Darkness in the way that this particular Avengers movie, Age of Ultron, is very character centric. It is focused on building the characters. You had the first movie, which was fun. It was entertaining. It was, you know adventurous and you got a lot of the cool fun part of getting these characters but you didn't really get to know them this movie really hammers home a lot of what makes each of those individual characters the person that they are today and 
you get a like Lauren said, you get a lot of chance to see some of their backstories, and it it adds so much more to it, and the interactions between all of them and their backgrounds and the things that we've seen them go through and the things that we know that they are currently going through, it makes things considerably more powerful. And uh, the movie was just, it was very well done. I enjoy those character stories um, a lot more, not a lot more, but I, I enjoy those, those character stories just as much as, you know, just the entertaining action flick. Not to say that this isn't an entertaining action flick. They have some great special effects, great fight sequences. Um, Scarlet Witch is my new, like, favorite, favorite. She is so fantastic. They just absolutely nail her. Quicksilver's great. Scarlet Witch is great. Um, it's, like Lauren said, huge, fantastic one-liners. Like, there are so many actual laugh-out-loud moments where our theater just erupted. Um, speaking of theater, I would like to point out that I am so proud. I didn't see it in 3D. Um, I didn't mind that at all. You don't need to see it in 3D, in my opinion. Um, it was it was great just on the flat screen. But I'm so proud that at the end of the movie, not a single person moved. And I'm like, this is kind of cool. Now that we've created a culture where everyone who sees a Marvel movie knows that they stick around. You don't leave at the credits. Um, and this post-credit scene, by the way, just so people don't stay for the very end, it's not actually at the very end. It's just, a, it's like a minute into the credits. Then they show the post-credit scene. But it was really well done. And I'm very excited to see Thor, Thor 3, Thor versus Legos. And I'll give it at that. <laughs> this yeah, just, so much to, just a note about the credit scene. So like the movie ends... They do the really cool title card with all the main actors' names. Mm -hmm. And once they finish with all the main actors' names, then you get the little teaser scene. But the second you see black rolling credits, it's done. You don't need to stay for those. Okay. Yeah. I mean, a, you, you can. A, there's not a bonus, there's bonus scene? No. Yeah. No bonus, bonus. All right. Thank so then the they weren't just, they I weren't just saying... Well, I remember, like, uh, I think a week ago, it was uh, Joss Whedon said uh, he... They hadn't come back to shoot like a um, the scene uh, the the scene where they're all eating at the end. There, there was nothing like that. So he, he, yeah, shawarma. Thank you. And and he he was telling everybody then. And I, I think there's there was some skepticism. So I'm glad you you guys could, could can uh, confirm that because I'm sure everybody was looking forward to yeah we, two post credit we, scenes. We, we can confirm that there's one yeah. right after they roll through the titles and Joss said it's because it took so many people to make this movie that the credits were really long and the movie's <laughs> already like two hours and 24 minutes. So Joss didn't want to make people like wait that much longer. But you know what I really think happened is Idris Elba, who plays Heimdall, talked about a post credit scene about a year ago. And everyone said that he was spoiling the real post-post-credit scene. And I think because it was leaked, Joss cut it. Oh, man. Oh, because that scene that Idris Elba talked about is not in the movie. What? There's a I lot of him. things that are not in the movie that were supposed yes. to be in there. And I won't, yes. we, I won't say anything, but there is a considerable amount of material, I believe, which is left out. Um, Ultron definite Ultron like I'm sitting there watching they're going oh my god they're setting up X they're setting up X they're setting up this they're setting up that but we'll discuss the particulars next week but they actually set up one movie less than I anticipated they would and actually set up another movie a lot more than I thought they would yeah. so I think that there's going to be a, a lot of cut scenes that are probably going to come out in cap three or they're going to focus on 
in Civil War. Um, but it, it, it's interesting. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't set up precisely what I thought they would set up. So much as they set up things that I didn't expect them to set up. I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm worried that that last statement's going to be a spoiler. No, it's not. Don't worry about okay. it. Okay. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, Scarlet Witch is awesome. She's literally my favorite thing ever. I will dress up as Scarlet Witch. It's happening. Also, oh, she looks like the Queen. Yeah, she totally hair. does. I kept thinking I was seeing Willow Holland. And I'm like, this is what Thea becomes. <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Uh, did you guys want anything else or is that good for your review? It's really funny. I, yeah. I, I always expect it to be funny, but it was really funny. Yeah, it was really funny. It was really good. Very, very entertaining. Um, oh, and as far as Agents of Shield tie-ins, uh, one of our one of our friends, Lauren's my friends, um, Elia Sheva was concerned. You know, like if you watch the Agents of Shield episode that came out right after Winter Soldier, it spoiled a main event in Winter Soldier. I do not believe, and this is because I haven't seen the next Agents of Shield episode, but I don't anticipate that being a problem. So if you guys are worried that you're gonna watch Agents of Shield before you get a chance to watch Ultron, I don't think you're gonna get any major spoilers that's going to ruin the movie experience for you hmm. awesome all right well thank you very much ladies for that review um i'm sure those who haven't watched the movie are even more anxious to watch it now and and like i said next friday we'll be going uh spoiler heavy on on this movie because it's shaping up to be the movie of the summer so all right so moving on uh just really quickly what's out on blu-ray this week uh you got paddington the Wedding Ringer, Inherent Vice, The Boy Next Door, and The Gambler. So that's out on Blu-ray. Go check them out. Um, We're going to move on now to Casey's Rundown. Oh, my God. It's the entertainment. Uh, well, okay. Well, I tried to flip a coin just now, and it, uh, <laughs> and it landed on tails. Uh, I had called it never heads. fails. I had called heads earlier, so I mean, I, I, I should probably flip again, because I mean, I was <laughs> flipping to see if I continued with the entertainment segment. All right, so best two out of three. Uh... <laughs> All right, now, okay, now we can continue. Good. Okay, good. Um, first up, uh, the singer of Stand By Me, uh, the classic, classic song from 1961, I believe. Uh, ben, ben E. King has died earlier this morning. It's very oh, sad. No. Uh, it's a song that was beloved by generations. I'm sure uh, he's had other, other very famous hits. I'm not familiar with them because... I don't even know what the hits were in like 2004, so let alone <laughs> 1961. Uh, anyway, very sad. He will be missed. Uh, go listen to Stand By Me. Uh, okay, second up, uh, we've been given a first look at Stephen Amell as Casey Jones in Ninja Turtles 2. Uh, I'd be going into more depth here, but I kind of hate Ninja Turtles, so I'm going to skip that one as well. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Um... Sony Pictures is developing a female-driven uh, 21 Jump Street spinoff, as well as, at the same time, a 23 Jump Street movie with a Men in Black crossover. Now, I wanted to ask you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 20, 23 Jump Street uh, is trying to be developed as a uh, Men in Black crossover. Gentlemen, do you think, well, gentlemen and ladies, do you think that this is crazy enough to work? Um... Hold on. <laughs> I just have to process this. Yeah, give I it a don't second. understand give it a what they're to... doing. Let me get this 
What? They're co- they're combining 23 Jump Street, which doesn't make any sense unless I've never seen 21 Jump Street, so I'm assuming that it's related to like a street address or something. Um, <laughs> so they're yep. crossing it with, with with what? Men in Black. With, with Men, Men in Black. Black. Yes. That is awesome. Does Men in Black involve aliens? It does. Oh, it, totally <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> so is this like it ex- yeah. Like 23 Jump Street does this exist on like Asgard or someplace? Absolutely <laughs> not. No. It, it, it's it's like in place in the current time in yeah. our world. This so Earth, it's like Earth a shared one. universe between Men in Black and 21 Jump Street? Uh, I guess so. I mean, I can tell you exactly where 23 Jump Street takes place. Uh, at 23, 23, 23 Jump, Jump Street. Street. That's that. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah. Casey. That's kind of fun. <laughs> I, I, I would I run to the movie theater to see that. That sounds so ridiculous. I'm just, I just hope we get some sort of like Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones cameo because I think, I mean, I, I think it's a good idea to do that, but it's almost like the first Twenty One Jump Street, and you haven't, if you haven't seen the first Twenty One Jump Street, they they do pay homage a little to the show, and then at the end, spoiler alert, alert uh, Johnny Depp has a cameo at the end. So <laughs> yeah. I think they if they do this, <laughs> they, do they should do something similar to that where Will Smith and and Tommy Lee Jones is. Uh, have a cameo at at some point in the movie. So well, they should they show up at the very end and then just get blown. <laughs> they just that, get blown that away. Could, that could work very well happen, but I don't know. They and might want to make more new agents. I would watch it. I would watch it exclusively for the angry face stare down between Ice Cube and Tommy Lee Jones. Can you just <laughs> imagine just the Fantastic. pure energy that would radiate <laughs> from those two men staring at each other? It's just uh, it's just a solid five minutes just staring contest. <laughs> Well, hopefully that happens. Uh, okay, next up, uh, Doctor Oz, uh, who's I, I don't know. My my grandma watches him. He he's on some show in the morning. I don't know. He's not a he's not a credible doctor. Uh, don't go to Doctor Oz for your information. Uh, Oprah Winfrey Oprah, Oprah Winfrey has just dumped Doctor Oz's radio show from uh, from her lists of programming i know she has her own channel and god knows how many other media outlets but yeah so her longtime partnership with dr oz is officially over that's a big deal if uh, oprah drops you (laughs) it is it it really is uh i still can't get over that you called her opera opera did i just call her opera it sounded like you said (laughs) opera Sorry, I meant I meant to say downra. Anyway, uh, the, uh, Hulu has just bought a ton of Seinfeld episodes for uh, for close to a million dollars per episode. It's one of the Holy largest. Crap. It's it's well, the official number is eight hundred seventy five thousand per episode, uh, which I mean, with all of the ones combined, is about one hundred and sixty million dollars. It's one of the biggest licensing deals ever struck. And uh, Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld are reaping all the benefits. Basically, they, they, don't have to, they don't have to work ever again. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, if you ever watch Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. They didn't, do much, they didn't do much working before. Because it, it, it was a show about nothing. All right. Uh, uh, so I don't know if you guys watched uh, the Diane Sawyer interview with Bruce Jenner. But Bruce Jenner came out as a uh, trans woman. And... It's uh, it's big news. It's very cool uh, that someone with that kind of story has risen to the level of of uh, reverence that Bruce Jenner has, and 
And yeah, it was a very touching interview. I would really recommend going and looking it up on ABC News. There's, the cool thing about that is there's not a lot of like debate, I guess you would say, on the internet about. I mean, there's always debate about something, but there's like an overwhelming like like uh, support, I guess, for him coming out on television like that. So mm-hmm. I think that's that's kind of one of the nice things that came out of that story. Not a lot of crazy backlash about that. Yeah, I think the the rea- the response the public response has been overwhelmingly positive, which I yeah. think is very nice. Uh, and to end the segment with even more heartwarming news, uh, oh. changing it up instead of just depressing everyone. Is there a box of puppies that you're going to present uh, to everybody? <laughs> close, uh, pretty close. Uh, okay. John Stewart, uh, in his retirement, has recently purchased a farm in New Jersey with the intention of providing a sanctuary for farm animals rescued from cruelty. So oh, that's uh, nice. So if you can just picture John Stewart with a corncob pipe and a and a huge straw hat and a big <laughs> beard, maybe some some Tom Sawyer pants surrounded by a legion of of sheep and pigs. Uh well, I mean, that's cool. That's cool that you can imagine that. Because uh, right. I, I can't. <laughs> and, uh, and with that, that's going to do it for the entertainment. Entertainment whatever. <laughs> entertainment bongos. Yeah. It's actually bongos a red Are those like game. pots? No, <laughs> those like a, dish a red pots? Uh, I, could, I could get dish pots, but I mean, that would be, that'd be trying too hard. I don't know if you can tell. That's not really the theme of the segment. I don't try very hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you for that, Casey. Well we love, yeah, your, yeah, hard, we yeah. love your hard work. We really yeah, do. Yeah, um, <laughs> All right, so uh, on to some comic book movie news. Uh, there really wasn't much this week, I think mainly because Age of Ultron was getting all the attention, as they should. Um, a lot of concept art was released. I think I saw something for Vision. Uh, there was a, a more colored version of, of Batman. Uh, you know, it, it just a lot of different images. I think uh, before this show, Lorna mentioned uh, some 80s tastic. Is that how you said it? 80s tastic. 80s tastic. Hashtag that, people. Hashtag 80s tastic. Uh, images for uh, X Men um, Apocalypse. So um, the the only story I really came across, which was very interesting, was uh, something that had been rumored like a long time ago, and that was uh, a cameo of Batman in Suicide Squad. Uh, well, it was reported recently that Ben Affleck was seen wearing his Batman suit. Uh, on the set of Suicide Squad. So that all may be coming true. There is actually images. Um, I'm looking at comicbookmovie.com. Uh, there is pictures of Ben Affleck being completely covered in like a blanket. They're obviously trying to keep it under wraps, which uh, that's just not going to happen. So, um, yeah, uh, we might see some sort of little cameo of Ben Affleck in Suicide Squad when that hits next year. So, um, But that's, that's pretty much going to be it. Uh, we're going to jump into... What we love doing here so much, and that is talking about TV. And we are going to kick things off with, with Game of Thrones. And what an episode it was. We had a lot of stuff going on, especially with Arya continuing her, her venture into uh, becoming one of the... Um, into the it? realm of badassness. Well, <laughs> yeah, of course. She, she just, well, she just owns the realm of badassness, I think, for now. But she um, and Danny are like co-producers. She's applying for <laughs> citizenship in the land of of badassness. <laughs> sure. Um, so let, let's get things off. Uh, Lauren, what did you think of how Jagan Hagat made her 
you know, take off all her old stuff. Uh, it said, get rid of all your sword. This is Arya Stark stuff. That Arya Stark doesn't uh, exist anymore. This is weird parallel, actually, with Arrow, but we'll get into that later. Um, but uh, what did you think of how she decided not to throw her sword away uh, just before? It's, it's interesting that you notice the parallel between Arrow because Oliver had to give up his former self to become like a faceless assassin. And that's exactly what Arya is training to do. If she joins the faceless men, she's training to become an assassin. So it's interesting that in order to be a weapon who is able to so freely take human life, you have to like not have any of your own, which is kind of a weird dichotomy. Um, I thought it was great that she kept needle because like, that I think for her, Needle is the only thing she has of her former life. And it was the first time she was trained in sword fighting. And it probably reminds her of, of her dad and Westeros. And uh, I'm glad that she didn't get rid of it. It would have been so sad to watch Needle sink to the bottom of that lake or that river. Yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely a touchy moment because, I mean, so many memories, so much. Just with that sword alone, I mean, she was just... You know, she... She couldn't let it go. Um, Matt, what do you think of how she's, you know, how she's decided to completely become something else um, and give up her family name? Um, see, okay. Uh, I haven't been caught up yet on Game of Thrones for this Yeah! High five, <laughs> But, high five. but uh, I will high five, make the sound. But I will speak on her transformation based off of what I read because I'm, I'm, I read the books. Um I'm not sure exactly what's been revealed, but overall, I would say uh, um, just her arc coming from like season one to now um, has been so like such a crazy roller coaster because you, you you fear for her, and then now you're you have complete confidence in her abilities and taking care of herself. So um, making that like how Lauren said with that transformation, kind of like getting rid of her past self to become something new is. Um, Something uh, I think can be a little shocking given her age and stuff like that. But I think we have complete confidence in her kind of becoming like the woman that she wants to be. It's my take on it, at least. Cool. Um, so on one side of the spectrum where we have somebody who's, you know, giving up uh, one part of their life and starting another, uh, we kind of have the same thing going on, but a little bit more manipulative and a little bit um, crazier. And that is... Uh, Marjorie and Toman got married. Uh, Casey, what did you think of how uh, Marjorie handled uh, uh, Cersei uh, and that whole kind of awkward <laughs> scene? Pete, why do, why do you come for, why do you come to me with my opinion when it's when it's time to talk about <laughs> about the marriage and like discussions? <laughs> and I want to talk about Arya. I want to talk about Jon Snow, man. <laughs> I guess I can talk about the passive aggressiveness between Marjorie and Cersei. I, I can talk about Cersei. Can I? Can I talk yeah. about Marjorie and Cersei? Yeah, okay. sure. Um, as I mentioned before, the Entertainment Weekly community, we do MVPs every week. And this week I nominated Natalie Dormer for her performance as Marjorie because I thought she was so sassy and so fantastic. And she actually won. So I got to write about her last night and I have dubbed her the Queen of Shade because Marjorie is like on the outside. She's so nice and so friendly and so pristine. But on the inside, she's just like casting shade at Cersei Lannister every chance she gets. Um, I, I thought 
like it's always interesting to watch someone like lose their virginity on screen and i love how tommen was like are you okay like did i hurt you um wait a minute i kind of liked that can we do that again <laughs> i thought that was like so sweet and so innocent on his behalf um and then i love how she, like marjorie instantly just started to play the so uh, your mom, she kind of babies you, and hmm, you should really just send her away. Uh, and you could tell that Cersei is just so not having it, and is so pissed that Marjorie was able to essentially get in Tommen's bed, but like have his ear. Um, and I can't tell if Cersei hates Marjorie because she's getting between them, or if she secretly loves her because Marjorie is just as conniving as Cersei underneath it all. Um, so I'm not, I'm not up to date on the series, but I'm remembering, I, 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 I would guess that Cersei does not like Marjorie on any level because I'm remembering that scene, I think in season three where she's like, call me a sister again and I'll slit your throat. Yeah. So right. I don't think that there's anything between them that is, I think I, 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 I don't, again, I'm not up to date on the series, but I, I highly doubt that there is any level of of actual friendship between the two of them or like well, I, don't, I don't think there's any friendship but i think like when someone is so wicked as cersei starts to see herself in someone else there's like a level of huh well played admiration mm -hmm. which i i kind of sense this week a little bit i definitely see that i see a lot of uh the old saying which is Keep your friends close. Keep your enemies closer. And I think that's uh, a lot of what's going on, too, with Cersei. I mean, she I mean, you know, Marjorie has Toman. That's a done deal. And so uh, with with having him wrapped around her finger, uh, Cersei knows that she sees that. So um, and I can see like Lauren, like you saying, uh, like, oh, well played. And um, but I also I <clears throat> I do think that there will be maybe some reckoning coming um Somehow, uh, Cersei's just so evil and conniving that that she's not gonna. She's playing kind of the role of an audience member right now, just kind of watching. But you know that that there's things going on in the back of her mind, and and the minute she has the opportunity to strike, she will. So that'll be really interesting. Um, Definitely okay. one of the most terrifying things this season I've seen so far was was Cersei and Marjorie just talking really kindly to each other. It was. <laughs> Is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very scary. Uh, all right, Casey, go ahead. Talk about Jon Snow. Okay. Oh, man. What a guy. All right. So I, I like that he knows a couple of things now. He no longer knows nothing. Uh, he knows how to uh, govern well. Uh, he's trying to establish himself as a cool leader. And in doing so, he's stepping into the shoes of his father, uh, who kind of alienated him. And now he's, he's getting to to step into his shoes, so to speak. He's becoming that same honorable guy. He even beheaded a man, which is one of the first scenes we, we saw of, uh, oh, wow, what is his dad's name? Eddard Ed Stark. Ed Eddard, that it is. That it is, um, or that it was, I should say. Uh, Spoiler one of the first. <laughs> one of the first things we uh, saw of him was beheading someone. Now John got his fill of beheadings. Uh, I think that we will see more of the same as John slowly descends into madness and is eventually killed. <laughs> Alleg uh, allegedly, I don't know. I haven't read the books. <laughs> I can only assume. Uh, what, what did you think of that, Lauren? Of uh, of John taking on, you know, he 
he basically showed his power, showed he wasn't um, he wasn't going to back down. I mean, he for a he- second hesitated, you know, when the guy screamed mercy. Um, and, and again, I thought that was an interesting parallel with um, how he handled that situation versus uh, Khaleesi the previous week. Um, whereas, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm just, maybe it's just details, but Khaleesi took a long time to give the word to behead that behead that prisoner versus John Stark, who um, or John Stark, John Snow. Um, he 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 hesitated for a second, and then boom, it was like nothing. I mean, do you think there's a connection there in terms of uh, John maybe being a little bit stronger, or do you think you see it the the same in that he's still a little hesitant in some ways with the power he now has? It's. Casey, it's interesting that you remembered that Nettard Stark beheaded somebody because I forgot about that. So when I was watching this scene, my first thought was, oh, for sure he's going to give this guy mercy. (laughs) Like, it's not even a question. And then, boom, no more head. And so I think you're totally right. I think he is trying to be like his dad or who he thinks is his dad because we don't know that Ned is for sure his dad. But right. and that there, there is a time for mercy. Obviously, he showed mercy to Mance Raider when he shot him with the arrow so that he didn't have to burn. But, like, you can tell he just wanted this guy out of there. This guy has never supported him. And I love that he actually, like, whoever, this guy, I thought I love that he actually thought he could stand up to Jon Snow and be like, no, I'm not going to go. Like, I'm just going to sit here and expect nothing to happen. Well, he expected the previous commander to stick up for him a little bit, but yeah, the previous commander that. was just like, well, you messed up. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, um, Pete, it's interesting that you referenced the Khaleesi having to kill someone and Jon Snow having to kill someone because there are a lot of people who think that they're, that um, Daenerys and Jon's future is like linked even though she's as far south as we can go and he's as far north as we can go, that their timelines are kind of mirroring each other. And that's cool that you noticed that because I hadn't thought of it. So good job, guys, on your your attention to detail this week. We're learning. I have a question. (laughs) Um, Did, so John beheaded, what's his, whatever, who's this, whoever this character is. Uh, Did Daenerys behead him or did she have someone behead him on her behalf? Mm. Someone else behead him. D- yeah. Dario do it which is an interesting parallel to that very very first scene when Eddard Stark beheads the traitor or the deserter or whatever his name was in the book and in the show both times he says if you're going to deliver justice do it by your own hand and so it was necessary so his lesson that he taught to Rob and to John and to all his children was basically if you're going to behead someone you take that guilt upon yourself. You do not doubt yourself. You are responsible for following through with that justice. Whereas Daenerys had someone else do it. So there's an interesting, I think that kind of plays into it. John knew precisely what he was doing. He knew he, you know, he he was 100% certain that beheading this man was correct. Whereas Daenerys, her hesitation I think it would be different if she had, you know, that says something. If, if she was 100% sure, she probably should have done it herself. So that's, you know, that's an interesting level of, of difference between the two of them. Also, I, isn't there a working theory that they're actually related? That's, I believe the working yes, theory is that the mom is actually. spoiler territory. No, that's a theory. It's not, it's not spoiler. Is it a spoiler? Well, it, it might, yeah. What? Well, 
it's as much quiet for a reason because because matt's read all the books (laughs) matt's probably no 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 (laughs) no no just no that's it hashtag nope guys is it a a spoiler or a theory like you're listening like the spoiler of like the spoiler of uh, just just nope (laughs) okay all right so we shouldn't keep talking about it then all right nope <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. We'll just let that one. We'll let that one go. We'll for let now. it die. We'll let yeah. it die. Like everyone I love it. <laughs> um. All right. So, uh, you know, on the other, uh, on in another area going on, we got a uh, Littlefinger giving Sansa uh, back to Winterfell to be married to Ramsay. Uh. God, I hate that guy. Um. I do. Like I really liked Theon, and now. Theon's just nothing. Wait, 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 Pete. You don't like the sadistic, masochistic murderer named Ramsey? That's shocking. <laughs> Who likes that guy? Nobody likes that guy. He's the you worst. Know, you know what makes it worse is that they don't actually get married in the books. That's not supposed to happen. And I don't want to see Sansa go through all the pain that um, that well, the individual that he should have... The, 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 there's pain coming and it's not good. That's uh, about as non-spoilery uh, as I can get. Okay. Well, I mean, she hasn't married him yet, so there's still time for death. There's there is still time. <laughs> but this is, but this there is completely is different than the book. There is time for death on Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the right the co- the producers of the show have said mm-hmm. why the person that was supposed to marry Ramsay in the books, why they removed that character, and why they gave this storyline to Sansa. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah they they've said that and they've actually this is their first really major move from George R. R. Martin's source material and honestly yeah. I think it's because they're getting a little bit frustrated with him not not that he I mean there's only so fast you can write a book I'm not gonna fault the guy he's literally writing like one Bible like for each book and so the Bible takes a little while to write okay so. I do not blame him for how long it's taking but I think that the writers and producers have gotten to the point where they want to start you know, infusing their own creativity and their own in- ideas into it. Because, you know, the past couple of seasons, all they've been doing is basically um, writing screenplays, you know? They want to do their own stuff. They want to create and whatever. So I'm, I don't fault them for that at all. Yeah, I really liked what they had to say about Sanda, Sansa, is that in the books, the last thing that George wrote for her was that she's still up at the Eerie. And so she wouldn't have been in this season at all if they had stuck with the books. So they mm-hmm. found a really clever way to bring her into this Winterfell storyline and giving her a lot of screen time and giving her a lot of dialogue. Otherwise, we would have no Sansa. So like in terms of veering from the books, I think it was a really good choice. And I think that they mentioned that they did that, not largely, but in, in large part to how well Sophia Turner has done playing her. Because yes. I read an interview in which they said that they were not, you know, when they cast Sophia and Maisie as Arya and Sansa, they were little kids. They were like like Harry Potter, the early years, little kids who they didn't know what kind of actors and actresses they would turn out to be. They didn't know how good they were going to be. They didn't, you know, they didn't anticipate how much the fans were going to love them. And so when it came around to it, they're like, we're not going to throw away this perfectly good actress's storyline just because she's got a story, you know, boring story. So let's make it interesting. And the, the large part of what's going on with Sansa is because of how well Sophia Turner has played her and how well she's been received as an actress. Well said. I think I'll just leave that section at that. <laughs> and I hate Ramsey Bolton. That's it. Yeah. Um, Make sure you uh, get that in there. 
So uh, we ended the show uh, with Tyrion getting drunk, walking around, and doing pretty much stuff he shouldn't be doing. Um, and Jorah comes, takes him, and says, I'm going to take you back to the Queen. Uh, well, now uh, Tyrion's screwed. So it'll be interesting. Uh, where do you think, Casey, where do you think go- they go from here? <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I, I just imagined, what's his name, Jorah? 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 Jorah. Saying it with that same inflection that you just said it. <laughs> like, like, well, I'm going to take you to the queen now. <laughs> Throws a rope on his face. Anyway, um, yeah, I think that he's going to use that to buy himself back into favor with Daenerys. Um, that's pretty much all I'm willing to speculate about at this point. Uh, we have people much more credible than, than I in the group who probably know better, but I'd say that um, it probably doesn't work. I think that Daenerys is probably just going to have Syrian join her little team of advisors and then still be mad at Jorah. That's true. Well, but I don't oh, know. I don't know. Hmm. What do you, uh, Lauren, what do you think? That was a great scene because, you know, we know what Khaleesi is up to. We've been following her. But we don't know what, everyone, uh, what everyone's opini- opinion of her is outside of Marine at this point. And so <clears throat> the fact that Tyrion and... Varys are kind of walking through that town and they encounter if you guys noticed Rila Fukushima who is um, Katana on Arrow she plays a red priestess in Game of Thrones this season and she's talking about the the Lord of Light and she's talking about Khaleesi and then they see Khaleesi in like the brothel well someone dressed like her at the brothel and I think Tyrion says something like if you have like like priestesses and whores dressing up like this person. She obviously has a lot of influence and it's kind of like a weird thing, but like it was like an introduction for Tyrion to see the effect that Daenerys is having on the whole Southern region. And so I like that. It was just a few minutes that they spent walking through that marketplace, but it kind of gave Tyrion like a glimpse at what the South, um, like how the South was responding to Daenerys and what's crazy now is that Jorah has Tyrion. And, like, what is Varys supposed to do? Like, are we going to not see him for a while? Is he going to find his own way to Marine? Because I really liked the whole, like, buddy duo of Varys and Tyrion. And now they're separated. So, and it's interesting that, that Jorah would kidnap him instead of just team up with him and Varys. I don't know. Hmm. That was interesting. What did you guys think of uh, of Tyrion's uh, impotence, or if you'll pardon the pun, his <clears throat> impotence? I, I was wondering about that. I was <laughs> was it a mental thing? I don't know. I couldn't. I, I I had to actually rewind that scene over and be like, okay, what what happened? What just happened there? Because usually, well, you know, I, I the know. last whore <laughs> that he slept with, he murdered. Yep. Right. I mean, he yeah. killed Shay. So. I think it's definitely mental. I think he's definitely traumatized by what happened with Shay. And I think it's going to take him a while to get back to a place where he's like, okay, again. Hmm. Yeah, that'll be really interesting. Because, um, I mean, usually, you know, first, second season Tyrion, that was no problem. So that was an interesting side to see of Tyrion. And uh, to see, you know, just another, just something else he has to handle uh, moving forward. So, um, yeah, so that was Game of Thrones this week. Uh, good episode. Uh, excited to see where a lot of these storylines are, are moving. And uh, like Matt said, nope. Hashtag nope. <laughs> nope. Yeah. 
Um, okay. Nope, nope, nope. So, uh, moving on to uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., hey, uh, which uh, kind of had a, a little tie-in to uh, Age of Ultron. Um, this was an uh, interesting episode, as we kind of... We kind of got to see the gang uh, back together again, and uh, just it was shades of season one, but just it was like ten percent shades of season one, ninety percent everybody hates war. That that should have been the episode title. It, um, it's like Fifty Shades Darker, yeah. Agents of Shield version. Yeah, no like kidding. Agents of Shield Darker yeah. into darkness. I don't know. It was awkward, okay? It was just really weird. You could tell that you could actually feel the anim- animosity between them all. And yeah. it, it was cr- anyway, continue. We'll we'll get we'll get to the part that I'm I was going to talk about. You know, you know, let's just jump into that, Amy, because you 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 you're on a roll there. So, um why don't you go over the house? So- Ward was, you know, he's trying to debrief and everyone just pretty much looks like they want to stab him. Uh what did you what did you think of all that? Well, I think it's 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 I think it was well deserved. Um, and I think that Grant realizes what a snafu situation he's in. He's not going to get out of it. He knows how bad this is. Um, you know, in his mind, he tried to do his best to protect Fitzsimmons. But in their minds, especially in Simmons minds, that didn't cut it. Oh, thanks so much. I'm really glad you shoved us to the bottom of an ocean in an unbreakable cave. We are not metal benders and water benders. <laughs> this is not a situation in which we get out alive. So I'm not really sure what you were thinking, Grant. And so, you know, I'm not surprised at all of Simmons' reactions. Um, I think that it doesn't have to do with the fact that he tried to kill them. I think it has everything to do with the guilt that she feels that she survived that situation relatively unscathed, whereas Fitz suffered considerably. And so her reaction at this end of the episode where she tried to kill Ward is not so much. I think, I think it's not so much the fact that she hates him, which she does. And he's, you know, in, in her mind, he's genuinely evil, but it also has a lot to do with the guilt of the fact that, that he has not only destroyed her best friend, he has also taken a lot from her. You know, S.H.I.E.L.D. was her home, and he is responsible for helping Hydra become what it was inside S.H.I.E.L.D. And he basically, he took everything from her. And we look at her development over this season, and she has gone from being this sweet, innocent, really friendly character to someone who doubts everybody, who doesn't trust everybody. And of course, May made things worse when she tried to confide in May and then May just went and was like, hey, y'all, I need to let you know that actually we don't have the right black box or whatever it's called, Fury's mm-hmm. Toolbox. But um, I think that that I, I completely understand why Fitz or why Simmons tried to kill Ward. Um, and it's it's sad to see that that's where she's gone. But I think that it was it's perfectly in character because it makes sense. He has done so much bad to them and I don't think that there's ever going to be a point where he can redeem himself but at least I feel like this is the first episode where I feel like he actually wants to and he's actually trying and he really doesn't intend on hurting them at all and that part where they're like sitting all together and he's like uh the hardest part for me was you know effing with the family here so I I am sorry and I can only say sorry so many times I will do my best to prove it but I know you're not going to forgive me but you know it's it's 
it's it's in it was you it was sad you know you could feel it but i think that everybody reacted appropriately yeah that's true i mean and i i agree with you for everything you just said i mean you know there's with everything that happened there's just no way that everyone can just go back to happy smiley faces and everything's fine it's just not going to happen um and now to get there you know they had colson had to convince gonzalez you know we have to we we have to do this there's a plan. We have to set this plan in place. We have to move forward. And, and there's a lot of hesitation. Matt, um, what do you think of how uh, there's this distrust still and, and Colson still has to, you know, is this going to continue or do you think eventually um, they're going to come together? Um, see, okay, well, first let me comment on Edward James almost. I don't think I've talked on the podcast about how much uh, awesome he is. Uh, my, 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 my take on him, but... Um, yeah, I like his character in the show because he's essentially the same uh, character in Battlestar Galactica, except he's with S.H.I.E.L.D. now. And he's just like this super, like he has like the entire plan laid out before him and everyone else is wrong. Everyone's on his side, has to be. Um, and uh, I think that they're always going to be butting heads. And I, I like how they're, they had to come together to try to, you know, uh, f- for the rescue mission. But I still think that um, they're going to have that internal struggle about who is really leading S.H.I.E.L.D. and all that stuff. Um, and I'm interested to see um, how it all kind of plays out because, um, you know, Coulson is all... Are you giggling? Is someone giggling? Mm-hmm. Is someone giggling? Do you know I'm something giggling. I don't yet? <laughs> um, I'm going to just go, go back and... I'm just going to nope. And back out of this conversation. Just going to nope. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm super interested to see how this happens because um, I like I like how not really a, like a power struggle kind of, but they're both very intelligent people. They both have like loyal um, uh, teams behind them, and uh, uh, I'm trying to think of your original question. Uh, I I'm interested to see how um, their relationship, I guess, for lack of a better word, continues. But <laughs> with the giggling behind me. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, I'm I'm kind of scared, but um, yeah, okay. I, I I just really liked how they had to uh, put aside differences and not make it personal, and say you know there there are agents out there that we need to rescue, whether they're enhanced or not. And um, I thought it was really smart for Colson to be like, you know, I'm sending in my my people, so you really have nothing to lose. We're just using your resources essentially, and um, yeah, Robert Gonzalez, cool guy, leader guy take no prisoners <laughs> you know and and you know the mission is obviously to go and and rescue lincoln and and uh and deathlock and and the cells that mm. were the same cells that we saw in uh at the end of um winter soldier right am i saying that was it quicksilver and um scarlet witch i didn't I'm not, i didn't put that together but i guess so yeah, yeah. everyone noticed that right i'm not the yes. only one right Okay. Oh, did um, you really not notice that? I did not know. <laughs> That's. I was wondering. Was it you who was like, and and uh, they sort of mentioned Ultron, and I'm like, you mean the last 15 minutes in which they set up the movie? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't put that together. I guess oh. uh, I don't know. I must have uh, completely not even thought about that. <laughs> um, I'm so excited Lor- about this movie. I'm just like moving forward. That's why. <laughs> uh, Lauren, what did you think about how uh, they were keeping them in those cells and? Um, and they did mention the specials. Uh, what did you think about that whole, that whole scene going on? 
I'm sorry, did you just say the specials? Because all I can think is now I've got, like, Chris Pratt as a Lego. I know. Isn't that what they call them? Isn't that what they call them? Or that enhanced. Enhanced. The wow. That's what, and that's the term wrong. that the Avengers will use when they describe them today, which is different than... What does... Is that what Coulson calls them? Does he call them the enhanced? Or does he call them something else? Powered well, he individuals? He calls them powered people. But yeah. enhanced is the name that S.H.I.E.L.D. is starting to use. Obviously, they can't call them mutants, and they're not inhumans. So they are enhanced people. But yeah, weren't they first called they te- or something like that? And then they switched to yes. enhanced? Yeah. Yes. Aren't they technically, though? Um, um, don't they all technically have that alien gene, though? No. Totally, totally different thing. Like, Inhumans are people that have genetics from the Kree, and they have to be activated by a Terrigen crystal. But a powered person is kind of like Barry Allen on The Flash. Like, they either enhance themselves, like the lady with the knives, or they're like Bruce Banner. They try to inject themselves with gamma radiation. Those are people who, like, have taken powers upon themselves, as opposed to being an Inhuman, which means you're part alien, big difference but so we're so so the twins do not have any of that genetic code no. from the Kree. No, so this aliens. is it's an entirely man-made power set well it's not a man-made power set because they were given their powers by the mind well loki's staff okay Okay, okay, okay. Von okay, Strucker okay. has been experimenting on people with Loki's staff, which we know is alien technology, but we won't say what kind of technology it is because that's revealed in Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. That's, I, I didn't realize that. I had thought that, that, that the twins, I thought that everybody that had been working on by Strucker was, uh, had that genetic code. Um, but the people who are all in this magical uh, haven on the mountain, they are all people Inhuman. who contain that. Okay, that code. Yes. All right, we're good. So, which is that why it was such a big deal that they captured Ethan and that they captured um, Lincoln because they actually had that code, which Strucker had yet to really understand. Yes. Okay. Okay, right. can, I just, can I just pull, like, a TV whisperer <laughs> moment here, if that's what people are going to call me? Okay, sure. so Amy brought up a really interesting point. We're starting to see people on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that have different kinds of powers. And it's easy, any viewer could easily get confused as to, like, what to call everybody. So let's just separate this out for now. There are groups of people that are called Inhumans, and those are people like Sky and Reyna and Lincoln. They're people that have Cree DNA, and they have for like centuries and their their DNA is activated when they get around an obelisk or a Terrigen crystal. And they all hang out at the afterlife place because they do not want the world to know that they exist. And that's part of why they're keeping Cal, um, Sky's dad there, because he's not inhuman. Like, he doesn't have that DNA. He tried to give himself powers. And so, like, they don't want the rest of the world to know they exist because if the world knew that they were there, they would want to experiment on them. So that's, like, one tribe of powered people is the Inhumans. Then we have people like the Twins, people who have been experimented on by Baron Von Strucker and Loki's staff. So their minds have been, like, super enhanced, and now they have all these crazy cool powers. But they're the only two people that survived that process. Everybody else who was tested on is dead. 
And then we have people like Mike Peterson, like Deathlock, who was a regular everyday person, but they experimented on him with um, Extremis and they injected him with the centipede serum. And um, he has some like GH325 in his blood probably. And then they built all the tech. So there's like three kind of tribes of, an, of powered people and they're, they all have different names, but essentially they're people with like superhuman ability. That's a good breakdown. Good, a uh, good way for everyone to get situated because that that can be confusing. If um, that can just be actually that can just be confusing for everybody, especially since, like more like Lauren had mentioned earlier, they they can't use mutant, which obviously would be so much easier to do. Man, that right, was, yeah. right. It's it's easy to say like in the comic book world, and in the X Men franchise, anybody with a power is a mutant. And, like, the way that they kind of explain that, like, the way Xavier explains that is that it's just evolution. It's just, like, a genetic mutation. But because Marvel doesn't have the rights to use the word mutant, 20th Century Fox does, they can't say that. So they're kind of having to come up with creative ways as to how these people are getting their powers. Could you guys imagine X-Men in the Marvel Universe? Oh, it's going to happen soon. It would be amazing. That would be so better cool. Better happen soon. <laughs> better happen soon. I should See, say that. Yeah, it's better happen soon. <laughs> Probably better to say. Because um, then they can just be like, oh, we're just calling mutants. And, everyone, and then S.H.I.E.L.D.'s like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. And then they would just move on from there. <laughs> <laughs> um, Casey, uh, you watched the show this week, right? Nope. Never mind. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. I'll just be, I'll just be over here. Have fun, guys. <laughs> okay. Remember, um, remember me how I was. <laughs> All right, um, Matt, then why don't you tell me what you thought of uh, Sky being a badass? Um, yeah, I, uh, I watched it this morning, and I've been, like, shout-outs to, uh, to Lily for uh, calling me out on, I thought you totally dropped Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Matt. What happened? And I'm like, no, I'm, like, super getting into it. But unfortunately, I had to skip a few episodes because I wanted to watch um, this past week's episode before I watch Ultron later today. And, uh, man, like... Things are going crazy. <laughs> Let's just say that. But uh, one of the craziest scenes was that one shot that they did with, um, uh, oh my gosh, this guy. Oh my so gosh, wicked. It's so badass. I was like, dude, John Woo is like jumping up and down. He's like, where's the doves? You know, because like that is totally like every time I think of a one shot, um, all you action uh, movie fans, if you know the the movie Hard Boiled, directed by John Woo with John. Um, Sha- um, I forgot his name already. Chai Young Fat. Uh, they have this uh, entire like five minute like one shot sequence of action, and um, that little snippet of Sky like doing crazy rolls and like she like uh, her gun was out. So like I was waiting for her to like throw it at somebody, but she just like threw it to the side, took him down like a flying armbar status or whatever, and like totally took out like I think six guys or more than that. I was like, okay. Uh, something's been going on that I need to address later on when I watch this movie because uh, um, that was so much fun and um, this the sweeping camera angles it wasn't just like one pan it was like all the angles around her kicking and like shooting going underneath and like breaking a guy's arm and taking a guy out it was very intricate and um, if uh, I don't know if it was a combination of like just smooth editing of her and a body double, but if she did nope. all that, I mean, nope, that is one crazy shot. Impressive. All Chloe Bennett confirmed by Marvel. That is 
fucking you know, awesome. <laughs> I think it was inspired by the complete like awe and success of that last scene in episode two of Daredevil. That single shot. I think people are having a lot more fun with it. I think they were like, okay, well, if they can do that, so can we. We can do something similar. Yeah. Let's let's get creative. Let's have fun. Yeah. Um, and um, it blows yeah. me away. Like you could you could tell instantly that it was going to happen, and you're like, oh my god, oh my god, this is going to happen. Oh, this is so cool. And it was just it was so <laughs> great. And yeah, Chloe Bennett rocked it. Yeah, I was incredibly impressed. Like a lot of action movie producers are like we need to make some phone calls right now and see if we can get her on there cuz um <laughs> obviously uh Ronda Rousey is not going into acting after her performance in Furious 7 but that's neither here nor there um yeah i was just so impressed by really everything and um the uh even all the special effects and in, in um in that episode was really well done there's a lot of uh, outdoor shots of like you know the the planes exploding and like you know the uh the um like the cloaking devices and like all the little extra uh special effects in there just everything looked really polished and you can really tell that they wanted to have that episode really like lead into the spectacle and the awe of uh of uh, Avengers Age of Ultron just get really get everybody all pumped up for that cuz yeah that action sequence alone I was like oh my god she needs to be in the movie now cuz they need to see more of that so it's pretty <laughs> cool so, can i give a shout out to the visual effects directors on this yes. show Yes. He's so um, Kevin Lingenfelser, I hope I pronounced that correctly, and Mark Kolpak, they are on Twitter and they're really good at live tweeting, especially Mark. I mean, if you tweet Mark Kolpak about something that you like in the episode, he will reply to you. He is the nicest guy and he is so humble about what he is doing on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But they, I feel like this season, I think they got a bigger budget because they have way up to the visual effects, especially whenever they show the Quinjet and the bus. And can we have a moment of silence for the bus? Because oh, they yeah. blew so it sad. up. And they're just like, yeah, it's part of the plan. And I'm like, what? No, <laughs> that's been there for the th through thick and thin. And they're just like, yeah, you know, it's a plane, whatever. <laughs> so sad. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, that was, uh. Hard to watch, you know, after Do all these... Do you think that... You think Coulson packed up all his goodies? I'm assuming oh. he cleared out his office. For sure. Okay, good. No way, no way Lola was in there. No way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. You know, um, you know Nick Fury will just build him another one. That's a good point. That's a very good point. For getting the staff, you know. <laughs> they have another one already. It's just uh, stashed somewhere. It was just a dump um, the whole time. So... <laughs> So to round out the talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, this is for Amy and Lauren. Now, obviously, we haven't seen Age of Ultron yet, and, and we're waiting to get into spoilers. But how well do you think they set up the end of S.H.I.E.L.D. for uh, Age of Ultron with Perfect. Maria Hill returning everything? Perfectly. I, like yeah. it wasn't it wasn't like this crazy reveal like Winter Soldier. I mean the reason Agents of Shield was set up the way it was in season 1 is because they were directly telling this story about the fall of Shield and the rise of Hydra. But like for this it's it's a subtle connection but it, it tees it up perfectly. Coulson goes in to get Loki's scepter, which obviously he wants because it's the weapon that stabbed him. And he's discovered that Hydra has it. And List escapes with the scepter and goes to 
Sokovia with Baron Von Strucker. And literally, the minute Age of Ultron starts, the Avengers are on assignment in Sokovia to get the scepter from Baron Von Strucker. So, it's perfect. But at the same time, people who are watching Avengers who have not watched S.H.I.E.L.D. will not have lost anything. They'll just, like, like Cap, right away, he's like, and Baron Von Strucker, he's got this impressive fortress. It's really, really badass. Um, and, but, but, but people who, who watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., are like, oh, yeah, we know how he got that info. But people who haven't watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. aren't going to be like, how did he get that name? How does he know all this? They're not going to, you know, have an issue with not knowing that information. So they did really well. Um, and actually, Joss Whedon explained this in an interview recently he said that initially um marvel wasn't too thrilled about the idea of shield and that they actually needed to tone down how much shield if any plays into the movies basically it came down to the fact that they didn't want to confuse the general movie audience by having colson alive and be like oh if you want the answers for why colson is alive you need to watch 19 episodes of season one of agents of shield so they have you know the movie can affect the series, but the series cannot majorly affect the movie, and it's not going to ever majorly affect the movie. We may see cameos, and there's definitely moments in Ultron where you're like, okay, I have an idea of how this could play into S.H.I.E.L.D., or, oh, I could see how S.H.I.E.L.D. might have had a hand in this particular instance that happened in the movie, but there are not going to be, like, the, the show, the movie can affect the series, but there is not going to be a point ever, I believe, from what I understood from this interview, in which the series will massively affect the outcome of any of the movies. So they, you know, they have they have to balance that. You'll definitely find points in the movie where you'll be like, okay, I can see how maybe Coulson's team might have played into that. But there's never going to be a point in which the fate of any parts of the movies is going to be decided by the, t- the series, which is kind of a bummer. But that's just the way that's kind of I think that was kind of the deal when they're like, okay, if you want to create Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you need to understand that hashtag it's all only it's all connected really is kind of only one way. The movies will connect to the TV shows, but the TV shows are not necessarily going to play a huge part in the movies just to avoid confusing the general audience. The, the cool thing about that is, though, is that you can't even tell that 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 that's even an issue. Like, like Raina, the fact that they gave her, well, like a clairvoyant ability to see the future and the fact that she could see Ultron, I thought that was a great way to tie it into the film. Yeah, and that yeah, was you, great. You don't need to know a lot about it. You don't even need to know anything about Raina. But like talking about metal men and how everything is going to be different, I think is perfect. And I'm really excited to see this week's episode because... You know, in the film, essentially, Ultron takes over the entire world, and there's no way they're not going to at least mention that on the show. And I'm excited to see how they tie the film into the show this week. I think it's going to be really clever, because they, they're always really good at how they tie into the bigger Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't think that it's going to be, if you watch this week's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I don't think you're going to be negatively spoiled for Ultron. Whereas if no, you watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. before Winter Soldier, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You'll see the overall yeah. effects. Yeah. And we'll mm. talk more about that next week after <laughs> our, like, sp- what, what's the, uh, it's like a spoiler. Um, spoiler filled, oh, I guess. But no, what's that, what's that word when you're, you're given like a screener, but you're not allowed to talk about it? Um, 
I want embargo. Oh, embargo. embargo. We're on an spoiler embargo right now. So <laughs> next week that embargo is lifted and we are just going to spoil everything. Yep. Like we said, you have one week, people. Yeah, one, one week. week to, one week. <laughs> All right. So um, good talk about S.H.I.E.L.D. That just, I'm sure that gets everyone more pumped up to watch Ultron. So go check it out as soon as possible. Um, moving on, we're going to talk about uh, the other side of comic books, which is DC's Arrow. Um, man, uh, Oliver's uh, getting straight. Oh, wait, did Amy, did Amy leave I, already? I'm going to back out for just a second. I'm going <laughs> to mute everything. So when it's time to go, someone can everything. send me a smoke signal because apparently that's the most technologically advanced way for the League of Assassins <laughs> to get your attention. <laughs> you can also send uh, a raven. I do accept ravens. So um, let me know when you're done discussing this because I'm only halfway through the episode. Um, if, if you, but, Amy, if you see a spider, then, then it's time to come back. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, not, nah, not funny. Pete. Nope, 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 nope. All right. I will right. talk to you guys in a little bit. Have fun with all the spoilers. <laughs> she didn't all even the... finish the word. <laughs> she did. Oh, did it cut off? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it okay. did. Uh, she's still there. Yeah, that's funny. Okay. All right. So bye-bye. Oliver dies. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Easy, easy. Got to say spoiler alert first. No, it's it's Al Sahim. Okay. Remember? Al-Sahim oh, sorry. Yes, right. Al Sahim yes. dies. Yes, that's Sahim. That was what a good name. That's a good name. Anyway, I do I do like it. I do like it too. Like it's uh it's a strong name. And then, um, what is it? Somebody said something on Twitter. Was it you, Lauren, who said the what it means, the uh, translation? Oh, it's Arabic for the arrow. Yeah, so. That's dope. Nicely done. I really like how they did that. That was very cool. Um, so, you know, we got Oliver training or should I, – I'm still so used to calling him Oliver. It's going to be hard for me to sell as I am. I'll try. But he's training with Roz. And, yeah, like Matt said, he's getting brainwashed. I mean, they're trying to – I mean, he's just trying to rid every bit of Oliver Queen that ever existed off of him and, and completely become Al Sahim and, and become the heir to the demon. And it's it, it was interesting to watch, really fun to watch. Um, now, what did you guys think? Um, Lauren, I'll start with you. What did you think of uh, the, you know, they bring this, uh, I don't know, what I can't remember what crime he committed, but they bring this straggler to uh, Al-Sayim, and they say, you got to kill him. Ross says, you got to kill this guy. And it turns out to be Diggle, or who we think is Diggle. Uh, what did you think about that? Um, Matt or Casey, you guys can take this one, because I really want to talk about Laurel and Nyssa later oh, on. Okay. I will gladly take this one. Uh, he was pretty quick to kill Diggle, I have to admit. He was, he was a little quick to kill Diggle for my taste, especially considering he'd only been brainwashed for 21 days. Yeah. They say that he was only there for, for three weeks. Three weeks? Really, Oliver? That's all it takes for you to start murdering your friends? Like, I get that they had him in a room by himself, but, like, 21 days of isolation, I feel like wouldn't turn you into a murderer. I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't like how they, like, glossed over that amount of time. I thought, like, this is kind of a trope I've noticed, or a, a common issue I have with the Arrow, which I'll, I'll talk about again, my issues with the arrows a little bit later, but they kind That's of gloss podcast o- issues with arrows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sounds dangerous. Uh, so uh, one of the things that they kind of gloss over big parts, uh, like him being in isolation and being constantly reminded, like Oliver is Oliver is no more. You are now uh, Al Dahim or whatever his name is. Um, 
and uh, and they kind of do it uh, in like a 10 second montage and then the audience is just supposed to believe that okay now he's changed but it's only been it's only been 3 weeks you got to make that that montage a little bit longer or maybe just have a full episode devoted to him being brainwashed in order for me to really believe it cuz they just kind of skimmed over it and it's like one scene he's a good guy the very next scene he's murdering diggle i i just i it was difficult for me to believe it did not suspend uh my reality so to speak yeah you're right i mean they do gloss over that you know it it makes me actually think of v for vendetta um when natalie portman's character is brain it becomes um well i guess brainwashed uh you could say by uh the character v and and you don't know how long it's you know it's a movie so obviously they even have shorter time to explain things but it's never explained uh how long she's there and how long he's uh, torturing her, but you you certainly do buy it, and I think I can understand Casey's point where it's hard to buy a little bit more of Oliver being brainwashed into Al Sahim from Oliver in such a short amount of time. Um, Matt, what did you think of that? What are your thoughts on the brainwashing? Um, I I was uh, the whole time I was like, okay, he has a Oliver has an even more blanker expression on his face. <laughs> So, <laughs> so I'm like, so something's get, going on here. And then when they later say, oh, he's being brainwashed, you know, all that stuff. It's like, okay, that makes sense. Because he didn't look like himself. He didn't look like Oliver who's, you know, like he's – I would expect him to still be resistant, you know, to, you know, taking on the role and stuff like that. But um, in terms of like that whole first – I guess it was like 10 minutes or so or not even. It was like five minutes of like the episode. I – I understand where you're coming from, Casey, but I also uh, we also need to understand that for the sake of the pacing of the season, right? Um, that right. needs to be shortened, and it needs to be like it would. I'm sure it would be nice if they can dedicate a whole episode to him struggling with, you know, really accepting that he has to stay here for his friends and family. A lot of probably, you know, inner monologue or him talking to himself like I have to stay here for for people I love to keep them safe. But for the sake of the pacing of the episode as well as where we see the season is like going towards, they they couldn't spend more than five minutes on it. It's just something that we have to kind of just say, you know what? You got brainwashed. This is what happens. Kind of yeah. what happened, how you said, Pete, in um, Veer Vendetta. It's like, you know, the, the, this, the change was so abrupt that it's like, I, you know, I, it's hard for me to believe that because we didn't see all the events that transpired. But for the for the sake of entertainment and for the sake of pacing, we have to think, okay, now he's brainwashed. That's how it is. Unless he's creating some really elaborate ploy to go along with that he knew all along that it really wasn't Diggle. But um, it's going to be interesting to see how he kind of breaks away from that brainwashing thing and how they explain that. Because he looks like pretty badass. Like I really enjoyed this episode of Arrow because it's a, it's less of Oliver – like saying, I gotta protect my family and friends. It's all my fault. And it's just him like just stabbing people. I'm like, dude, this is awesome. This is <laughs> like Dark Oliver is like the and I said in my notes, like, I can't believe I just said out loud, Oh great, Oliver's back to killing people. It's terrible for me to say, but I was like legitimately enjoyed. I'm like, oh, he's just getting down to brass tacks now and he's really taking in on this character or not character, on on his new role as uh heir to the throne, so to speak. So, um, heir to the demon. I don't think you can say throne. <laughs> I don't know. No. 
um, but yeah, I I, uh, I I kind of I guess I was um bothered by it as well how abrupt the change was in that five minutes. But I ultimately just had to forgive the writers for or the editors for being so short with it because you know for pacing and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I realize there's a lot of limitations with the show because it's I mean it's only like 45 minutes worth of content and yeah. Uh, and I mean, plus the audience has known that the brainwashing has been coming for a long time. I guess what I'm yeah. saying is more, it's more of a comment on, on just things that they, they kind of gloss over like that. Like I, they kind of, they have a conversation, Roz, Al Ghul and, and Arrow have a, and Oliver have a conversation about it where he says like the tea we've given you, like, yeah, yeah well, there's no uh, pivotal your- moment, right? That you're trying to say there's no pivotal moment for him to, for his brain to like completely, you know, get turned over. Like I was yeah. missing that too. I think is that what you're saying? Uh, I'm also saying they just kind of use herbs to cover up plot holes. A lot. <laughs> Have you noticed that? <laughs> like, like how is Oliver able to survive days in the snow being stabbed? Oh, herbs, herb, herbal tea. Yeah, he's good. Non-GMO. <laughs> how is he, how GMO is he free? Brainwashed in 21 days. Uh, herbs. All right. <laughs> anyway, that's second true. Good job, Casey. I didn't think. Yeah, about thanks. That. Thanks. I, I will say I have to. I have to do a follow-up comment now that uh, I didn't watch As- Agents of Shield because I. I. I don't really enjoy watching that show. I don't know. It, it seems like there's too much going on. It's too busy. It doesn't really captivate me. But as much as I shit talk Arrow, at least I still watch it. I still watch Arrow <laughs> when it comes on TV. So. I, it's not all bad. It is a lot of fun to watch. Uh, kind of hurts to say, but but I, it's not all bad. So this basically, Casey strong. Casey strong in his convictions. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> so it's great that he's still watching it. That means he's uh, yeah. That means it's still part of the program. <laughs> yeah, it's good to know. Still got a place on Brain. the pod. Well, good thing you had that tea that I <laughs> made you the other day, and we'll keep watching the show. <laughs> All right, so um, so moving on from that, then we have uh, uh, Canary or Laurel uh, training with Nissa. Uh, I thought that was a pretty interesting uh, setup for them. Funny. Little little uh, little girl time going on, um, which I thought was really cool to watch with them. Uh, Lauren, why don't you talk about um, the the girl time between uh, Nissa and Laurel? Something that. I feel has been missing from this season of Arrow in particular is just the quiet family moments. Because if you watch season one of Arrow, there were plenty of scenes where Tommy and Oliver are out having a drink or Oliver and Laurel are out having dinner or Diggle and Oliver are at the belly burger or Oliver and Thea are at the belly burger. And I think when you have a show that's so intense like this, at least for me, it's refreshing to watch them outside of work. Like, just have a beer and have a burger and let there be nice music playing in the background. Like, it just kind of breaks it up a little bit for me. And it makes it more kind of humanizing instead of, oh, these people are in these extraordinary circumstances all the time and there's all this peril. I love when they just bring it down to those tender moments. And there were two of those in this episode, which is why it was one of my favorite episodes of the season. We have Laurel and... Nissa just sharing a burger together and Dipping I like fries I got, in their shake. Yeah, yes. it's like a <laughs> pastime. And I got really choked up when Nissa said that she's never had a normal life. That like a simple life and like enjoying simple pleasures. Because if you think about it, they probably don't have burgers and milkshakes in Nanda Parbat. <laughs> 
No, probably not. <laughs> you know, lots of herbal remedies and, you know, vegan diets. <laughs> fries and herbal. For your Dip own berries. <laughs> so it was so sweet and so humanizing just to see Nissa kind of like breathe a sigh of relief and let her guard down and just enjoy something as sweet as a milkshake. I thought that was a tender moment. And then I love how Thea, Lila, Felicity were all around the table at Diggle's house. And they were all just having wine and kind of laughing. And like she Feeding told John not to put his Glock on the table. <laughs> no Glocks at the dinner table. Man, so I, was that was, that was I thought so that was funny. perfect. I just, I love when shows like really heavily action shows are able to just tone it down a little bit and have like a fun moment. And so I really enjoyed that about this week's episode. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious when, uh, um, she was all, okay, uh, what's the rule? And, you know, you would expect, oh, wash your hands or, you know, I don't know, something like that. No, put your Glock on, the t- put your clock off, take it off the table. That, that was just, that was just so funny because, I mean, I don't know, maybe someone who's never watched the show would come in and be like, that's weird. I mean, all of us who have watched the show for so long and are so invested in it, just like, yeah, that's normal. That's normal in the, their house, their household. So it was just, it was, uh, it was funny to, to watch that. Um. So uh, it it gets uh, it gets it escalates very quickly, so to speak, uh, because um, Oliver kidnaps Lila, and man, shit got real real uh, fast. And you know he takes her; the baby's by herself, and that was kind of a scary moment. Um, Casey, what did you think of uh, Oliver going that far to get uh, Nissa back? Um, I think that he's. Uh, I, I don't know. Who, who's Nissa? <laughs> Is that who he almost kills at the end? Yeah. Yes. I said, oh, okay. All right. Yes. So, see, I say I, I enjoy the show. I don't pay a whole lot of attention to the show. Uh, Raza Gul's daughter is Nissa. Yes. Okay. So see, now it, this, now that all that, all that makes sense. So that last scene at the end. Uh, I will say that my, my ongoing theory that Raza Gul secretly hates killing people, uh, is, like one one stop sh- sword away from being confirmed because yet again Ra's al Ghul could not sit idly by while murder is taking place again this this week on the show. I I still have yet to see Ra's al Ghul fully kill somebody. I think I think he's a sweetheart in secret <laughs> and he just really doesn't like when people die but he's like <laughs> he just can't admit it to anyone. He's a big well, teddy bear. He's looking for a replacement, right? He's got to keep his his street cred up. Right. <laughs> That's why he's retiring. He's I'll do one job, one last job, and then I'll <laughs> one last ride. A man can only pretend to enjoy murder for so long. <laughs> um, um, I will say that 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 scene did did really show that that Oliver has has been fully brainwashed and is willing to is willing to do whatever is asked of him. I guess he's willing to to lead the league now. Um, Matt, what do you think of uh, Thea coming in and saving of the day at the the last minute, the last second? I forgot who said it before. I think I really forgot. It could have been maybe even TC from that super show we did over the holidays. But uh, somebody totally called it like, uh, "What if Thea becomes Artemis?" Hmm. Uh, which is like the the girl That's, protege to yeah, Mia uh, yeah. Jordan. That's on the table. Oh, it is. Okay, cool. I yeah. Probably you mentioned it, Lauren, the TV whisper, but uh, 
Yeah, I was like, wow, okay, it's really happening. Like, I was like, no, they wouldn't do that. They just, like, have the name. And I was like, oh, no, she's, like, totally even going to Malcolm and just, like, yo, Pops, hook it up with a bow and arrow real quick. And he's like, <laughs> cool, you got it, girl. And then <laughs> go save your brother. And then um, totally shows up, shoots him in the arm, which is awesome. I thought she was going to, like, shoot the gun or, or shoot the sword or whatever out of his hand. No, she totally just <laughs> shoots him in the arm. That was so badass. <laughs> Even more badass, he rips off. I'm doing it like, uh, you know, <laughs> visually, but video gags on an audio. It, like, show. Yeah, <laughs> video gags visual audio. gags on a what is what do you say? Video yeah. gags on an audio show. There you go, that's the one. Uh, he's ripping out like the arrow and he like breaks it off. I was like, dude, that's fucking awesome. Like, this is shit got real. Like, you know, Martin Lawrence. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and, um, I, I really want Thea to really come into her role as um, as a new like vigilante. I think that'd be really fun. Um, so, um, I can kind of see why some people might not like it because like, oh, just another arrow. Then that means Oliver's going to be the bad guy for the rest of the season. I'm like, oh, yeah, wouldn't that be cool? And then somehow they save him at the end. So um, I, I really like how she, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm totally trained to be a badass. Did you guys forget about that? Oh, let me don... <laughs> some garb and shoot my brother in the arm and whatever and kind of kind of do an arrow voice her voice got really low when she said back away from him i was like yo that i'll be pretty scared and um, she didn't even have the voice modulator either she didn't no that was all her just gruff natural cool uh so yeah i i really hope that she stays in costume and joins or i don't know i guess rebuilds team arrow (laughs) team artists do you guys think that, that they'll eventually get Oliver back by the end of this season? That they'll be able to reconvert him? I, Unbrainwash I, him? I think they do. And I only say that because <laughs> maybe because we've all, we've all been spoiled already in terms of we've seen Oliver help Barry in the Flash season finale. So I'm wondering how that all... And, and actually, this is something I want to ask when um, after kind of a bigger discussion. But... Um, Okay, I'm just going to save it. I'm just going to save it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, that leads me into to, to part B of my comment, which is, uh, is it just me or has Oliver, like, mysteriously left and then heroically come back, like, five different times so this season? So many times this season. <laughs> so many season. times. And each time his team is like, we just have to face it. Oliver's gone forever. He's not coming back. <laughs> I think and that then, is literally what Felicity said. <laughs> and then fast forward two episodes and he's back. Like, he's going to come back. Yeah. It's so funny. I feel like the the pacing of Arrow has been really good in season one leading up to The Undertaking. And then in season two leading up to the whole Deathstroke end battle. But this season, they tried to cram so much into this season Mm -hmm. they tried to bring in Roz which I think is totally cool but then they set up this whole Merlin actually had Thea kill Sarah to protect have Oliver protect him from the league I mean the logic there does not make any sense whatsoever and then he was dead and they had to like get over him being dead and decide to be superheroes. And then he came back and then he was gone again. And now they all have to decide to be superheroes again. And they introduced the Adam and Ray Palmer and they trained (laughs) Thea. Like I love this show, but it got a little crazy this season. And I don't really understand like in the writer's room, how they let all of this play out, how they were like, yeah, we can do everything we want this season. Like, why not? 
it doesn't make any sense to me. So yeah, I, we've I, come we've come full circle back to the pacing comment from earlier. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, one of the things I didn't really like about the season two is is uh, just is the, the whole pacing thing. It's like pick or not even just pacing, but just focus. And it's like, are they getting pressure from someone from somewhere else, like DC or something, to like keep pushing? these certain ideas so it's like out there in the open so people kind of like are familiar with the words like suicide squad or something like that because even that one random episode <laughs> with uh where the suicide squad rides again or whatever and they have cupid instead or whatever i'm like how does this fit in with the rest of the show it, it seems unfocused because like they had to talk about sarah they had to also introduce Roz. They had to introduce all that stuff, Adam, like how you're saying, Lauren. And I'm like, it seems so unfocused. And that's probably why I'm not really enjoying the season as much as I was hoping. That's a good point. Yeah. You know what it reminds me of? Did you guys ever watch Alias? Yes. Very much so. Okay. I didn't watch Alias when it was on, but I like two years ago, I binged it. And so season one and season two of Alias, it had Bradley Cooper. It had her best friend. There were, there were light moments. There were intense moments. There was a well-defined villain. There was a mm-hmm. well def like everything was really well-defined and you, you know, Vaughn and, and, uh, Sydney were like getting closer to be together. And like, that was good. To, that was important to watch. And then at the end of season two, Obviously, Sydney is kidnapped, and then she wakes up in season three, and like from season three all the way out, there are no lighthearted moments, there are no dinners, there's no happy music. It's like they just crammed intensity and intensity. And I remember by the end of season five, like my dad and I had this joke when we would watch the show. Oh, so they're like a double agent who's really a triple agent who's really a quadruple agent who's really working for this other secret <laughs> organization. Like, this reminds me a little bit of Alias, how they had a really good pace in the first two seasons. And then in season three, they just decided, let's just make it all action and all crazy. And I don't really like that because, like, you need to have some kind of, like, structure when you're telling these kind of stories. And there wasn't a lot of structure this season at all. And it's fun being introduced to all these new things. Like, I mean, you know, Ray Palmer is awesome. He's like, he's, I think Casey, you said he's also your favorite character. Oh yeah. yeah and he far. was like completely absent from this episode. So sad, but I mean, I guess it makes sense. Yeah. I just, yeah, like it's, it's fun being introduced to Lazarus Pitt, seen on TV finally, and, and then seeing the effects on that. And then having all these fun new characters come in, but also it's like, yeah, like kind of, you said, it's just weirdly paced unfocused and uh yeah it really does remind me of that now and there's there's like a thirst for i think and from the audience for these kind of like really like heavy like uh action shows that also have like deal with a lot of consequences that's kind of like one of the main tropes now in a lot of action shows like oh i have to be conflicted about all the stuff that i have and for protecting my family what's it all mean kind of thing and um there's not a lot of like balance because a good show is balanced it's not heavy-handed on on one side or the other. So, um, yeah. Hopefully, the final stretch of the season will be uh, a lot more focused and enjoyable overall. And and we're just going to really quickly wrap up this uh, talk for Arrow um, with the huge cliffhanger at the end where, um, I don't know about you guys, but the scene, just real quickly, I love to talk about bookends on TV shows and movies. And I thought this book ended very well just because it paralleled Batman Begins in terms of, you know, 
Oliver's training with Roz. Uh, Bruce Wayne trains with Roz. And then at the end, you have uh, Roz telling Oliver, you have to destroy Starling City. You have Roz telling Bruce, we have to destroy Star- uh, Gotham City. So I thought that was very interesting. Um, Casey, what did you think of, of uh, Roz's, Roz telling Oliver that this, uh, he pretty much got to destroy his home? Um, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's sad. I think that if they, uh, if they were going to need a situation to have Oliver be like, no, I was faking the whole time. I'm not brainwashed. I think this is the opportunity uh, for them to do that. I, I, I'm interested to see next week if they have him uh, like go through it or they'll actually show his hesitation or if they'll have him just be robotic like he's been going. Um, I don't know. I'm curious to see how the, how the writers do that. Uh, Lauren, what do you think? Okay, I, I know that you guys are fans of DC and you're fans of Batman. Do you like the fact that they are mirroring this storyline so closely, or do you dislike it? Like, what are, what's your opinion on it as fans of DC? I think um, it's straight up lifted. That's what I would say. I, I, I mean, it's, it's, in, it's very accessible. Um, not just that we've seen it before, but just that, it, I mean, it's, it's kind of a good story. It's like, you get trained by someone... And then, you know, ultimately they give you a question of morality and you choose good. Um, and it's, it's a very easy uh, story to present. But, um, I mean, it kind of lacks creativity. But at the same time, I, I, I really don't mind it as much because, you know, it is effective. But I wish they could have done a different spin on it rather than just straight up taking, oh, yeah, it helped with Bruce Wayne. So why don't we just give Arrow, Ross Al Ghul, or Rachel Al Ghul as well. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't. I, I can totally see. Um, I mean, obviously they're pulling from a lot of the same stories, but um, it, I mean, it works. They they haven't uh, they haven't completely taken the whole story from Batman, but you know, there's a lot. Obviously, a lot of parallels, like I had mentioned earlier. But um, for the most part, I don't. I don't hate it. Um, I think it's uh, th- there's certain ways they're trying to advance Arrow's story, um, and. You know, I, I don't know much about the Arrow mythos, you know, very little. I mean, the only time, the only thing I've ever read from his comic books are when he's with the Justice League. So I've never really read uh, a Green Arrow story on its own. Um, with that said, I know he's not like one of the biggest players in DC. So obviously, you know, there's going to be some pulling um, from some places to make uh, make ends meet. Um, but with that said, I really, I really do, do not have a big problem with it, so... Um, yeah, so that's what I think. Um, all right, so that's going to do it for our Arrow Talk. Yeah, Anybody cool. Stick, in, stick an arrow can, in that. Can we mention two, two more things, two tiny little things? Okay. Take um, the arrow out. Take the arrow out. <laughs> just for a second. Just break yeah. it off your arm. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, nice. uh, Rosal Gould is talking about um, his former like best friend or the, mm. like, the former Roz. And his name is Damien Dark. And he said that Damien stole waters from the Lazarus pit. So Damien is as old as Roz or like hundreds of years older. But I'm pretty sure that Damien Dark is going to be our villain for season four. Because Roz said that Damien has since started something called Hive. 
and that they have kind of been in the like the background of like stealing weapons of mass destruction. So it was cool to hear that little Easter egg dropped because Damien is set to appear in the finale. And uh, there's been lots of teases about Hive this season. So that was kind of cool. That's going to be really interesting. And then there's one last thing we didn't talk about, which was dum dum da dum. Oh, dum, yeah. dum, da dum. <laughs> Oliver's gonna marry Nissa. Da dum dum da dum. Nissa's face when he's like, "Am I to be betrothed to him?" I was like, and then just, and then her, he was like, "No, you're gonna marry him." She had a very like, "Dad, but I want to marry for love." Face. It's it was so funny. She's like, "What yeah. am I gonna do Hashtag- now?" Dad, I'm a lesbian. Uh, what a slight problem. <laughs> yeah. So about that. <laughs> you're like, I hope you're not expecting kids because that's not going to happen. Like, do you guys think he's going to go, that they're going to go through with it? Or are they going to get stopped right before they say I do? I think it's going to get stopped. I, I, I think it'll, I think it'll be stopped too. Like, it's, it's going like to be all of like, Oh, no, go ahead, Casey. Sorry, sorry. Oliver Nissa, like, this is good, and I'm going to let you finish, but uh, Beyonce <laughs> had one of the best matches. <laughs> <laughs> and that is why I let you finish. I'm going to let you finish, but first. <laughs> yeah. I, uh... Let me take an arrow to my arm again. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have another question for you guys. Do you think Roz is going to die before the season is over? I'd Dang. probably. I'd say probably. I'd say there's a, there's a high, high probability. I'd say there's a good chance because isn't the thing like for Oliver to become the heir to the demon, the 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 previous person has to die, isn't that? Am I, am I understanding that correctly? Or well, isn't the previous Roz still alive? Oh, okay, never mind then. I got that wrong. I got confused. So I guess there's a <laughs> chance he could live, but I I also I also think that he could die somehow. Maybe it's because Casey says he doesn't like to fight. So <laughs> yeah, he doesn't <laughs> so like to kill people. Him, so he he's a secret. Fight. He's a secret pacifist. <laughs> He's just going to retire, like, in Napa, you know, open a winery and just, you know. <laughs> Put all the murder start, a, start a green movement somewhere. Yeah. And He's going to join John Stewart. <laughs> Thank you, Casey. Casey, we are not live, but <laughs> we're here on Skype right now. But yes, I can feel you thing. thinking the same thing. Awesome. Uh, all right. Another so, high five. Another <laughs> yes. All right, so so that's gonna do it for our Arrow talk for this week, um, man. This is uh, it's winding down, and and I, I know we we say a lot of things about Arrow, but I'm I'm enjoying these last few episodes, and I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. And I'm excited to see where it goes too. Yeah, but with, with all things said and done, we're I think we're all excited to see where this finishes. Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, I want to see where he how he's goes from here to helping Barry Allen. So I guess we'll. Hello. Find that soon enough. Hey, Amy's back. Amy's Sorry, back. I was busy flipping out because I just made the connection that Scarlet Witch's name is Wanda, which is also the name of Magneto's daughter. You so, didn't know that? Well, it didn't hit me. It didn't. I didn't connect the pieces because I didn't even think to think that pieces were connected because they were Marvel and Sony. So I didn't even think. So I didn't even think about that. Plus, I didn't. I it's it's been a, it's been a while since I've explored any of of X Men things. Um, I actually only know about Wanda because of X Men Evolution, which, by the way, is a phenomenal animated series. Sure is. Um, that's on Netflix. It's really good. Um, are there are there any characters named Cosmo? By chance? No, Just, no, no, no. I don't know. Showing Cosmo my dog. age. Showing my age. <laughs> no, 
No, I get it. I think that, okay. that that's good. Oh, like it just it just wasn't funny. Never mind. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so <laughs> moving on to yeah. uh, moving on to the Flash this week. Uh, yeah, quite yeah, yeah. an episode we had. It was called the Trap, uh, and for um, for a very big reason. And man, we get to finally well, we get to finally see Wells semi-reveal himself to everybody uh we kind of get another reveal at the very end of the show uh but let's uh let's pick things off uh where the show began and that's with everyone in um okay what do you guys call well's room in star labs uh we, we, on the, the flash podcast we call it the future room the future room the, the they, call, does, they finally gave it a name on the show they call it the vault right time vault that's, time, time vault, vault. Which I completely, I love. I'm using that. <laughs> and it was interesting because we had talked about this last week because uh, they they had this comic book panel uh, released, like officially released from the Flash uh, uh, Facebook page. And, you know, in it we kind of talked about how, you know, Gideon talks to Barry and knows who, who Barry is. And that's exactly how it played out. Although I did want to point out that um, when she's saying, uh, when she's kind of, saying her description of him uh she cuts she gets cut off before she can say justice i was kind of disappointed about that i was hoping i was hoping she would get to say justice and then get cut off but it didn't happen but uh still we had a lot of little uh easter eggs in the um the newspaper uh you know uh amy why don't you start us off what did you think of uh all those little easter eggs that we get to see that kind of tell that pretty much tell us what's going to happen in the future um See the the issue is 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 what future is it? Mm. And if Barry Allen came back in time, why isn't and 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 Wells was trapped here? Is that Barry Allen still trapped here? Why isn't the future changed? There's a point where right now there's so many questions time travel wise and so many possible theories that I'm just gonna let it roll. I'm gonna I'm. <laughs> I'm actually going to try to do my best to stop theorizing because at this point there's so many different ways they could go that I'm just going to let everything roll. But I was particularly fond of the West Allen uh, Easter egg that they I threw in there. And then the, <laughs> the other thing later where he's like, I have a feeling she's going to want to hyphenate. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. That <laughs> um, was great. That little bit was great. Um, the, the year aspect like the fact that it's 10 it was like 10 years nine years from now or whatever um what what interested me um was that cisco brought it up he said that they had been fighting for decades but it, a decade is is 10 years and did that show 2024 it did it wasn't te that's technically a decade so I wonder Wells how said that they've been fighting for centuries. Yeah, yeah. That's right. centuries. That's right. yeah. So at some point, Barry I mean. and the yeah. Wells are going to be running around for a really long time, but it just hasn't happened yet. Running he might have been, a. yeah, he might have been like speaking metaphorically. Like maybe they like throw a punch and accidentally like jump back in time and like deck a T Rex or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> what if they're the? What if they are the reason that the dinosaurs went extinct? Oh, oh shoot. <laughs> You heard um, it first on Skin and Dirt. <laughs> Miss Multiverse with their theories again. Oh my goodness. Um, one of the things that doesn't line up for me, and I, I've been meaning to bring this up for a while, one of the things that doesn't line up for me is that if 
Wells was chasing Barry to kill him. And they ended up at his house. And again, I still think that they were going after baby Barry and they were trying to kill him. And that's who, you know, future Barry was trying to protect. After that, they run out of the house. Wells loses his power. So how does he kill his mom? Does that make sense? We don't know yet. Exactly. And so that's what I don't understand. I don't like he says he didn't mean to kill Nora. What if he he actually didn't? Because there was there's a space of no time. There was there was no point in which like Barry's dad would have seen a man walking in to kill Nora. And so I have this weird feeling (sighs) that 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 Wells thinks he killed Nora, but didn't actually kill Nora. And that this okay. is where this we get... This has been my theory since my first time on the Flash podcast. Like, talking about episode 7, that Nora Allen isn't really dead, that Barry put her in the past somewhere. But... Well, yeah. I, but I don't know if it's valid or not. Something, yeah, something along those lines where, 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 where Wells thinks he kills N- Nora, but he doesn't. Maybe there's some other... Something else that goes on, um... And that this is where, and then after Wells is literally sitting on the street, there's still two speedsters fighting in that room. But the two speedsters are Future Barry and then a future Future Barry who's coming back to stop the Barry that we see now from changing the past. Does that make sense? Because there's a theory. Go ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to say, uh, there's a lot of questions and, and like, <laughs> well, obviously, there's a lot of questions. And there's a lot of issues. There's a lot of issues with the rules of time travel in this show. Like, when you go back in time to, like, influence an event that leads to you influencing yourself later to go back in time, like, how does that chain reaction get started? And I think Cisco actually addresses a lot of those mm-hmm. issues in, like, the first seconds of, the, of this episode. He's like, mm-hmm. what, what does he call it? Like uh, like a causal, cyclical nexus or something cause, like that. Uh, causal ne- causality nexus. Causality nexus or something I like that. But base. But the term is just basically. It means that exactly that. There's a loop. Like you 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 create a time, uh, flux that causes you to go back, influence something, which in turn makes you go into the past. And if you go back and change something then that future no longer allows you to eventually go into the past, which stops you from even influencing the future in the first place. It's all very oh, confusing. God. I'm and running out of breath. Are we talking about 12 monkeys or are we talking about the flash? <laughs> <laughs> there's also a theory, um, which uh, I, I recently wrote the Flashpoint comic. Um, and Lauren, I know I was going to send it to you so you can read it too. Um, so I don't want to spoil a whole lot about it because it's actually a really good comic and I could absolutely see them going this way. But there is, there's also a theory that could fit with Dr. Wells. And uh, in the Flashpoint comic, a particular character exists outside of time. Because he has messed with the timeline so much, he actually exists outside of time and kind of looks like he can look at time at a timeline like Joss Whedon looks at his Marvel timeline. Is like they, he can jump. Driving <laughs> a Lincoln. Is he a ghost Spoilers. for Barry oh. Allen? <laughs> uh, the goal being that maybe Harrison Wells exists outside of time or maybe a different Barry Allen exists outside of time or maybe Nora Allen exists outside you know, outside of time but that's an object that hasn't come up yet is that maybe there's someone who's able to hop on all the different timelines and not and, and he can play around and affect them but his particular life will not be affected 
I don't know if that's the way that we're going with this Wells, because we've seen Wells at the very end. He tells um, Eddie that, or rather, Eobard tells Eddie that he's his insurance policy and that he needs to stay alive so that he can, you know, be born. So I don't know necessarily if Wells is existing outside of time, but I'd be interested to see if there's a character who does. I'm hoping that they just explain why Cisco is having those those flashbacks or why he's able to have memories of something that never happened to him. Mm-hmm. It's the deja vu theory. Well, I or know that. that they kind of explain that, but it technically just because they explain it doesn't mean it makes sense. <laughs> it never <laughs> I, happened to him. He can't remember just, something that never happened. I think that when 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 Barry went back in time, he created fractures in the space time continuum that's letting those memories bleed over. Perhaps if that makes sense. Perhaps Cisco exists out of time. I don't know. I think um, I'm sure they'll explain it somewhere down the road. I think Barry literally said it doesn't matter. It, the point is that he has him. Like yeah. Yeah. he literally just, just got, said it doesn't. They kind of got tired of explaining. <laughs> well, I think I think it. Could, I mean, it could exist in um in like I said. I think I talked about this last time. I don't know if I did. Um, on Fringe, where they have yeah, you know, like memories of the alternates, of it kind of is thinner between the two. Um, worlds right and you can start exactly and you can start seeing the memories of your alternate yeah Um, and i think that maybe maybe because cisco went through such a big trauma and because barry you know probably effed with the timeline a little bit he like effed with the you know gentle you know how i i don't know he effed with like the actual timeline like i'm thinking like a spinal cord like he made he made a cut and now things are bleeding into another timeline so you know that I think that maybe that's why Cisco's seeing it. Yeah. I had expected Iris and Caitlin at this point to have started seeing their alternates. So that hasn't happened yet. So that theory isn't entirely well, foolproof. Kind of jumping forward, but at the end, um, you know, there's that little static shock. And then uh, Iris is like, Barry? And it's, I think that's, it's like one of those moments, right? Where it's just like, because they had that moment where it's like, you know, he saved her or whatever in the uh-huh. alternate like in the past, so to speak, in the alternate time. And then where he reveals that, you know, he's the Flash. So then it's like her remembering that she knew that the Flash is Barry. And, you know, she's starting to experience that too. Yeah. So then now it's like, when will the other characters kind of figure that out also? Or, yeah. It's interesting how they kind of present that as kind of like a a little static shock between hands or something like that. Because I think even that happened, well, that didn't really happen with... Cisco, he just had a dream, but their their yeah. relationship is electric. No, oh wow, yes, <laughs> that is that is very true. <laughs> nice. So hashtag real, wordplay. Re- really quickly to stay to stay on uh, Eddie and Iris, uh, Matt. What did you think of uh, him going to Joe and saying, oh, "I'm going to propose." Uh, here's the ring. Oh, by the way, I don't need your permission, even though you said no. Um, I thought it was uh, super ballsy of Eddie, and I'm like, good for you, Eddie, for just being like, you know what? I came here out of respect for you, man. Like, I love this woman. I love, and I'm like, we're gonna spend the rest of our lives together, and blah blah blah. And I'm like, oh, good for you, Eddie. But also, uh, yeah, that's sad. That's not gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> I feel bad for you. Um, I thought they were setting up that um, Ebert Thon is Eddie, and I'm like, God, they better not do that. And then good thing they didn't. Good thing they didn't. Um, I was I was fond of the fact that uh, Eobard stole the ring, and I think that was the insurance yeah. policy. Is the insurance policy is Iris West is not my mom. Yeah, that's super funny. <laughs> or my grandma, or great grandma, or however old Eobarthon is. Yeah, um, but I I thought um, 
I was ready for Joe to be like, I can't answer that right now, but he straight up said no. And I love how um, he could have just left it at that, or the writers could have just kind of left it at that, uh, just because of, you know, it is kind of a tense situation. But they took the time to explain, uh, have Joe explain why no. It's just like, you know, there's, because I realize there's something between, you know, Iris and you, Barry, and I want you to be the one she's like, you know, ends up with. And I'm like, oh, that's nice, Joe. That's really nice. It's kind of weird because he calls him son. And anyway. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I thought it was a nice touch because they could have just left it, but um, they decided to, you know, put a little more meat on, on his decision, which is kind of <clears> nice. And that, you know, sets <clears> up, <throat> you know, the eventual connection between – or not connection. The eventual uh, relationship between Iris and Barry. And, um, yeah, I thought it was interesting that Eddie, though, was uh, – he was very, like, forthcoming, like, about that, about how he's, like, did out of respect, but he's going to marry her anyway. And I was like – well, I thought he would be a little bit, bit like, oh, come on, Joe. Just think it over, you know? <laughs> then he straight up went for it. I was like, oh, shoot. Okay. There you go. Good job. <laughs> uh, you know, I about actually speaking about Joe real quick, I just wanted to uh, mention that there was actually an Easter egg in hit, uh, about him as well in the newspaper. Uh, it said something about he was like the chief of police or something, or he was some high-ranking police officer. And that pretty much shoots my theory down that, He's gonna die at the end of the season. Did they say that out loud, or did you read that on screen? That, no, no, that was on. That was on. You know, like all those little Easter eggs, like talking about like West Allen or like all of. I mean, the Green Arrow, Adam and Hawk Girl help the Flash fight Reverse Flash. Like all that is oh, okay. in the newspaper. I thought you were like, talking about they said it out loud, and I was. Oh like, no no uh, no! It was <laughs> it was in that future paper that 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 twenty twenty four paper. I didn't see that. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I think that pretty much shoots down my theory that that Joe's gonna die at the end of the season. Um, you never but know. That's a, that, but, you know travel. that's a thing. You never know. That you never know. Um, well, I mean, speak. Else? Yeah, speaking of which, they kind of do one of the most extreme examples of foreshadowing I think I've ever seen in a TV show or movie, where they basically like have the AI in the time vault explain every almost everything that Barry is going to do, and like, yeah, and thank what goodness, he's going to become. And well, I mean, it kind of takes out some of the mystery. Uh, for the viewer, I mean, just based on that, now we know that, like, Barry can't die until at least that time period because he's already been there and it's already happened and he's he hasn't no- <laughs> noticed how he hasn't died yet. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like, I was um, thinking about all this and, you know, and, and it goes 10 years ahead in 2024 and, and maybe I'm just, like, just thinking way far ahead. But, you know, this show could realistically, you know, last 10 seasons. You know, yeah, if they do absolutely. it right. And, and and the funny thing I think about this is, well, 10 years from now is 2024. So is, is, that, is that what they're shooting for? Is is the final season and the final scene of, of Flash where he's, they have the battle that they're talking about and then they go back in time and then it's like it, it reboots like it's a whole loop thing <laughs> they're on. And, and, you know, the end of the series finale of The Flash is just season one, season like episode one, season one of The Flash. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like I'm probably really reaching, but it just made me think like he could just be on one entirely big loop. Who knows? Um, but but uh, moving on, uh, we had Cisco uh, channeling his inner uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and going all Inception <laughs> yeah. on us. Uh, well, he's he said, "Is this Inception or is this Dreamscape?" And I I had to pause because I couldn't stop laughing. I was like, "Who the <laughs> hell talks about Dreamscape? Nobody except Cisco." <laughs> so very nice, well played, writers. I liked it. That's why we love Cisco so much. Um, so, um, Casey, what did you think of that? 
you know how they um, how they were able to go back to that alternate timeline and and uh, learn who Wells really is. Um, I think it's confusing. I think it was it was very convenient uh, from a story standpoint that they're able to go back, solve that mystery, and then and then set up a trap that lets things play out the same way, or or so they thought it was going to play out the same way. Um, I I don't know. I guess I it's hard for me to believe because I don't. I still don't understand how that's possible. Maybe I'm just hung up on the on the details of that. I don't. I hope they go back and address how Cisco is able to remember that. Maybe there's something really special about Cisco, or maybe like, or maybe the timeline is is linear, and and there's no alternate timelines. Maybe it just kind of like gets rewound like a tape instead of branching off like a tree. Mm-hmm. I I don't know how time functions in this universe. How does time <laughs> I need, function? I need. I need people have PhDs about that jump, question. <laughs> just jump in and, and explain things to me. I I don't know. I don't yeah. know. We all don't um, know, and we can't wait to find out. Um, Lauren, what did you think of how they try to set the trap uh, for Harrison, and ultimately he outsmarted all of them? You know, I never thought. Like, I knew that Harrison Wells would outsmart them at some point, but it never even occurred to me that he would have bugged everybody's houses. Yeah. And so when Gideon showed him those screens, that was totally freaky because he's known the entire time. Like the last few episodes, when he and Joe were trying to figure it out, and when they found Harrison Wells's body and they put it in the lab, he knew the whole time. And so I think the real question is, um, somebody was asking this the other day, like, what does that mean for Star Labs now? Because they obviously can't work together. So does that mean that Caitlin and Barry and Cisco are going to be running Star Labs while Wells is off the grid? Um, I mean, we know next week is called Grodd Lives, so we know they're going to go down into the sewer at some point. But I thought that was interesting. I also thought it was interesting that like Barry jumped in front of the bullet and didn't want Joe to kill Eobard Thawne because it was the only testimony that could vindicate his dad. Yeah, that was very interesting. I didn't expect Barry mm-hmm. to do that, but it made total sense. Um, Matt, do you see... I mean, what do you think of that? Do you ultimately think he's going to keep him alive to get this done and then kill him? Or what do you... I mean, what do you think Barry's thinking about here? Well, Barry's end game is he wants his dad out of prison. Um, yeah. Saving his mom was kind of like an extra thing, so I don't think that's his main focus. His main focus is getting his dad out, and this was his best, uh, his best and only option on you know getting him out is getting a, uh, getting a uh, what do you call him? What did confession. He, what did confession. Con- confession. There you go. Get a confession out of him, and I don't think he's going to um, like you know daredevil status and beat it out of him but i think um he's if anybody tries to make a play like joe at like killing him um he's gonna do everything in his power to not only save the person that you know like like cisco essentially he was he was willing to not let cisco die but he was trying so hard to both protect cisco and um uh are we gonna keep calling him harrison wells or we're gonna call him thon or zoom or (laughs) I feel or like anyway, we're supposed yeah. to call him Thawne. I feel like at this point we should cut the. Lies. I mean, he's totally standing up now, so like <laughs> he's not. He, he, 
became so lax, like relaxed, like down the elevator. I think his leg was crossed. He's like leaning on the elevator. He's like, "Hello, Cisco. <laughs> What's? I'm totally walking." Um, so I, I, whether like I don't think Barry is like protecting, so to speak, but um, I do think his end game is still to get a confession out of um out of him and you know stop him and put him in the prison i guess somehow but uh i don't think he's gonna like kill harrison wells or something like that or sorry the thon <laughs> okay so um trying to think uh well this this brings up an interesting uh a tweet that kid colson sent us oh, yeah. um he he had a theory he said his like his, his theory is that if Barry goes back in time and saves his mom, when he comes back to the future, he discovers his mom's alive. But basically, from and I, I think I'm understanding from from your tweet, Gavin, who is Kid Coulson, um, I think that he's suggesting that if Barry goes back in time to save his mom and his mom doesn't die, that his dad will. He'll come back in time and discover that his dad, yes, didn't go to prison, but his dad is dead. Um, which actually happens in the Flashpoint comic. Barry goes back in time and is able to save his mom, but when he comes back to the future, he finds out his dad was shot like 10 years earlier. So he basically loses one parent. Yes, his dad doesn't go to jail, but he's dead. Um, here's, the, here's, a, here's a problem with that, because I'm pretty sure they found his mom's dead body, right? In the crime scene? Like I, they, Does anyone know yes. if they did or not? Yeah, they yes. found his mom. So if he goes back in time... And he ends up saving his mom or like, let's say he, he goes and he, he takes her into the future so that in, I don't know, like 2024 or something, she just kind of reappears with him. Um, he, he, his, his previous self, his child self no longer has that like ambition to go and solve his mom's murder because the body's no longer there because he saved his mom. There's no mystery. His dad doesn't get convicted. Uh, and then Barry doesn't really become the Flash, and he's not yeah. able to go back in time and save his mom. And then we're the... back to that weird loopy scenario. Oh, and then he's not able to go back in time and save his mom. So that's interesting. That I didn't think about that. That like, if he doesn't become the Flash, how does he go back in time to save his mom? And that's kind of the difficulty with the time travel aspect, and what you're, you know, how you have to decide which time travel theory we're going with. Are we going with the causality loop or the Terminator loop? Well, what's interesting, and if I can just jump in here, is that. Dr. Wells, Aerobarthon, was always asking Gideon throughout this season, is the timeline still intact? So he knows that the, the timeline that he is looking for, that 2024 timeline, he knows that that timeline can be changed. And so he was always double checking with Gideon to make sure that, that everything was fine. And so when he, when Aerobarthon finds the original Dr. Wells and he kills him, he says, you and your wife were going to create a successful particle accelerator in whatever year he said, like 2017 or 2020. Mm -hmm. And I'm guessing that if, if Harrison Wells and his wife were able to continue their work, that Barry Allen still would have become the flash, but it would have happened later. And that's mm -hmm. when he would have become the, the director of the police force and he would have married Iris and he would have been in charge of the justice league. So this Airbard Thon, even though he changed Harrison Wells's timeline and sped up the particle accelerator, the future that he is looking for is still intact. And so let's say Barry does save his mom he would just become the flash later. He would have become his, he would have become the flash in like 2024. So I don't think if he saves his mom, a lot will change, but there's a question of 
the whole that whole time loop thing. So it's like it's interesting when you're dealing with time travel because you don't know what you change, how it's going to affect your future. See, I've um I'm of the complete not complete, but I'm of the opposite opinion that if Barry goes back in time and saves his mom, everything will change. Um, Barry will not become the Flash. He will not save Oliver Queen's life. Um, Oliver Queen will probably be outed because let's Felicity would not have let Oliver die in that crossover episode. She would have taken him to the ER, but he would have been outed a lot sooner. So what happens as a result of that? Does he ever get involved with the League of Assassins? Um, there's a whole bunch of stories you can go with on that line. If Barry Allen doesn't become the Flash, who's going to fight all the metahumans? Um, you know, you can assume that that Harrison Wells' storyline isn't going to change. So eventually, they will create the Flash, and yes, that's where you're. That's where you're going is that eventually they will. You know, Harrison Wells will create the particle accelerator and will create the Flash, but it'll all happen differently. But I think that something very drastic is going to happen when Barry Allen goes back in time and then back to the future and discovers and sees a completely different world, and then you know maybe he needs to artificially recreate the scenario which makes him the flash maybe he Mm. comes back in time and he's like he's able to run to the future but once he arrives at that point in the future he no longer has his powers because the flash was never created and so Mm. you can't have two flashes you can't have two people of this i don't think you can have two people existing at the same time so i think as soon as barry touches down it's like altered future (laughs) <laughs> My door's creaking. <laughs> um, as soon as Barry touches back in this in this altered future, he loses his powers. So he might need to literally artificially recreate the scenario which gave him those powers in the first place. And um, you know, I uh, everyone should just read the Flashpoint comic. It's really good. <laughs> Andy Andy on the Flash podcast has been bugging me about this forever, and he's like, "You just need to read it. You need to read it." And I finally read it, and it's so good. It's just yeah. so well done. And it affects, like, the entire universe, which is kind of cool. It's really cool. Like, the way that it it, it, it gets it done. Like, it's <laughs> it's insane. You're like, wow, this is a really crappy universe. You know, I keep thinking about something, and that is for some... I don't know. Maybe it's just because I've, I've read other stories or, any, or, or comic book stories or watched TV shows. But I feel like if he were to do anything that would affect his parents... Like, come back and save his mom. I feel like he wouldn't be able to have both at the same time. Um, and I don't know if that would be a result yeah. of, of, of him changing the, f- the past or, the, or whatever. But I feel like if he were to save his mom, his dad wouldn't be around somehow. If, if he, you know, it, he can't have one without the other, as, guess, as I guess my, um, as guess my, uh, my thought. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's going to wrap it up for the Flash Talk for this week. Um, you know, we're going to still keep talking a lot of theories. I'm actually uh, working on maybe doing, like, a big, like, particular roundtable on certain shows. Uh, so, uh, to make it a little bit longer, because, you know, we talk so long about these shows. I mean, I'm sure we can all talk about, like, the Flash, Arrow, shows like that for, like, a whole oh, hour yeah. on their on their own. So, uh, might be working on some of that for you guys. So we'll let you know soon. Um so that is going to do it for now. We hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, as always. Um, Wait, are we going to do classic Classic movie. Oh, TV my picks. Is that our new one? of the most uh, important one. segments. Da, 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 <laughs> yes, da. I'm so sorry. I totally missed that. All right. <laughs> classic movie picks for this week. Amy, go. Um, 
I actually hadn't, I, I hadn't thought about one, but I'm going to, now I'm going to recommend um, the X-Men Evolution series on oh, Netflix. Yeah. It is probably my favorite X-Men animated series I've seen. I actually, honestly, I prefer that whole thing more than the X-Men movies, not the X-Men first class new ones, not these movies. These ones are phenomenal. Um, but the original X-Men's like back in the, in the day um, that just, in my opinion, were not that good, mainly because I couldn't stand how Jean Grey was portrayed. I just really didn't like the actress. I don't, I can't help it. I'm sorry. Um, but this series it's animated and it actually takes place with um, the mutants like Jean Grey and Scott Summers. They're um, all in high school, which you're like, you listen to that and you're like, Oh, that sounds stupid and dumb but it's not it's actually really cool to see them gain their powers and get to know each other and like kitty and rogue are all in high school but then you also have the older folks like xavier and wolverine and mystique and magneto are all adults so it's very fun to see kind of the 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 adult student relationship like the teacher student relationship is very obvious and i really enjoy it i think it's a great great series really well done um fun stories and they weave a lot of comic book stories into their into their um their episodes. So if you're a fan of comic books and comic book mythology, they bring a lot in there. They all, you mean like they bring in Wanda, who's Magneto's daughter, um, who I just realized today, like I just made the connection that that's also Wanda, the Scarlet Witch in Age mm, of Ultron. Yeah. So, you know, but it's a good series. It's on Netflix. It's totally binge watchable. It's actually also on YouTube. Um, you can find the entire thing under, it's like Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network. I don't know. One of the one of those those ones has the full series on YouTube. So watch it. It's good. Awesome. Thank you, Amy. Um, all right, Matt. What do you got? Uh, I got a little something different. Um, it's on Netflix. It's called Mary and Max. This was a uh, a claymation um, movie done by uh, or I forgot. Actually, crap. What is her name? <laughs> uh, forgot her name. But <laughs> oh, from writer director Adam Elliott. Okay, cool. So um, it's a story of an eight year old Australian girl. Who uh, back in oh shoot I forgot what the timeline is but uh, she has a pen pal she finds a random name in the phone book picks up a pen pal who is a uh, middle aged New Yorker uh, with Asperger's syndrome so um, it's a uh, it's a very like weird a very uh, quirky kind of movie very touching I would say and it's the story of kind of her and uh, the the girl Mary. And uh, Max's pen pal relationship over the course of a, over a decade, so um, it's a very interesting movie. A lot of mature themes too. Um, so uh, it's not like you're watching Frank and Weenie, uh, but it's a very interesting art design. It's all claymation, and all the detail in it is ridiculous. So if you're a fan of um, sculpting or uh, you know just uh, costume makeup, you know all those really high detail uh, kind of uh, mediums, then uh, you're going to really enjoy this. Uh, film a lot animation a lot so mary and max it's on netflix awesome uh all right casey what you got so i'm gonna do something uh and uh, my pick is pretty strange uh kind of outside of the norm Uh, i don't know if you guys are familiar with the filming style called machinima uh basically that's when you use a screen capture system to record like a video game and then you you dub on top of it and uh the show I'm going to pitch is called Red vs. Blue. I don't know if yeah. you guys have heard of it, but um, it started in 2006, kind of the early days of early days of YouTube, and this company called Rooster Teeth uh, basically took Halo 1, uh, gave 
different colored armor uh, players, uh, different personality traits, and assign them voice actors and things like that. And it started as a comedy show, uh, and they would just kind of they would just kind of make jokes and and make kind of game campy jokes like that. Um, and that lasted about five seasons, and then around season six, the whole uh, the whole show itself kind of shifts from from a video game. Uh, comedy show into more of an actual like sci-fi uh, extreme like uh, like mystery and and thriller and intrigue and it, it really it it takes on a whole new identity uh, as shifted genres totally yeah. it, it shifted genres and it and it became an actual like legitimate sci-fi show um, one of the interesting things is that they they condense each episode down into like five minute intervals so you can. You can watch an entire series of Red versus Blue in like an hour, and each each season is like uh, I, I want to say like ten episodes long, eleven episodes long. It, it's pretty it's cool. pretty manageable. Uh, it's very funny. It's very interesting. If you uh, don't want to watch some of the earlier days, you could probably start at season six and do just fine. They do a good recap job, but uh, but yeah, Red versus Blue. It's uh, on YouTube now. They have their own official channel, and I think season thirteen comes out pretty soon. So awesome. All yeah. right. Well, thank you, Case. Um, real quickly, my uh, pick for this week, uh, I said I mentioned earlier, uh, V for Vendetta. Uh, awesome movie. You guys should check it out. Futuristic uh, freedom. Uh, well, actually, I think I just said that. I copied off that IMDb. Um, it's, it's a futuristic movie, uh, and it's basically about a, uh, a vigilante who uh, is sick of the way things are going and try to urges the, his country to to fight back and not be oppressed. So it's, it's, a, it's an awesome movie. You should check it out. Um, that's going to do it for our show for this week. Um, real quickly, uh, Amy, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you at? <laughs> can't Amy's be found still- anywhere. What? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I paused for a second because one of my friends was talking about Ultron and I wanted to respond and I was trying to like think of a way to do it non-spoilery because it's on my Facebook page. Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, okay, I need to put my micro, or my headphones on mute for a second. Um, <laughs> no worries. It's a good conversation though. Once I, it, No, it's, it's an interesting conversation. I can't wait till we can talk about it because it's actually, it's something that I think is going to be, um, it's a concept that that there's going to be very differing opinions on, and it might be the only thing really that would that 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 that's that's that that has that kind of an effect from the show or from the movie. So I'd be interested to see. We'll talk about it next week. Definitely. When Definitely. we lift the embargo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but why uh, don't you? But yeah, where can people find you? Yeah. Oh, is that what the question was? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy underscore Marie ninety seven. Um, Spoiler alert, underscore Marie97 is not my last name. <laughs> my last name is um, really hard to say and pronounce and to spell. And so if I made it, um, like any like Lauren Galloway, you can phonetically spell Galloway. You cannot phonetically spell my last name. It just doesn't work. Um, you can also find me co-hosting the Assembly of Geeks podcast. We had a really good discussion this last week. Um, you can listen to it on assemblyofgeeks.com, um, where I basically talk about how I don't understand how Agent Carter could not get renewed. Like, I, there's just literally no good reason why ABC should not renew Agent Carter. Because if they did, they would literally be committing suicide. Constantine, <laughs> I can see. Because um, I don't like it. I'm sorry, Andy, if you're listening. 
Um, <laughs> but uh, at Agent Carter, there's literally no good reason why they should not renew it. Um, let's see. And I will be on the Flash podcast for the pentul- penultimate and finale episodes of The Flash. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, basically, I tweet a lot, so I apologize. Um, but I'm going anti-spoiler for the rest of Arrow, The Flash, um, Ultron. I'm going to do everything I can not to tweet spoilers. Because um, one of my really good friends was like, Amy, you're great, but you need to stop tweeting spoilers. Seriously. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. So, yeah. Totally understandable. Um, all right. Uh, Lauren. Okay, and as you guys know, you can find me on Twitter, Lauren underscore Galloway. I also co-produce the Assembly of Geeks podcast with Scott Murray and Amy Marie. And we're doing a really fun exclusive Star Wars giveaway. So for those of you who were able to see some of the footage from Star Wars Celebrations, um, you may know that Hot Wheels did this really cool exclusive like pink R2-D2 um, like a little car and you could only get it at celebration. And so Scott, he was able to pick up, um, some Hot Wheels cars, some Star Wars figures, like some cool decals. Um, I think he even picked up one of the Star Wars Marvel comics and he's put that all in a giveaway. So for those of you that would be interested in entering something like that, you can go to the Assembly of Geeks Facebook page, like the page, and then under the Star Wars post, put your favorite Star Wars quote and you'll automatically be entered for that giveaway. Also, a really good friend of mine from high school, his name is Dwight, he was climbing Everest when the earthquake hit Nepal, and he has been on the ground in Nepal, just helping with a lot of aid relief. He's decided to stay and help with like evacuating people, and he's actually set up a fundraiser on a giving site called Tilt, T-I-L-T, and if you guys are looking for a way to donate to the situation in Nepal, but you're not really sure where to donate, or you're not really sure if the money is going to get there, he is taking this money to buy helicopters to literally evacuate people out of Nepal. So if this is something you would like to give to, just go to tilt.com and search under campaigns, and just search the phrase rebuild tame t-h-a-m-e and you can find his giving page and all of that money will go directly to support relief and evacuations in nepal awesome all right well thank you very much Lauren, for that we appreciate it yeah thanks for letting me share always and uh matt why don't you tell everyone where they can find you uh, you can find me on Twitter at I'm Salzy. I am S A L Z Y. Hey, you can also find me on uh, on Twitter at Via Blast and on Instagram at Facey Cranko. Uh, unless you're sending me hate mail, in which case I have an alternate <laughs> account for that. Uh, my alternate Twitter for hate mail is uh, I am Salzy. That's I M S A L Z Y. So go ahead and send all my send all your hate mail there. Hate. Okay, Let the hate feel you. Oh, feel that was hate. great. I loved it, Case. That was awesome. Um, all right. So uh, I am Pacing Pete. You can find me at Pacing Pete. You can find us on Twitter uh, at Scene and Nerd. Facebook. You can find us on iTunes. Subscribe. Uh, comment. Uh, you know, we could uh, Kid Colson tweeted to us about the Flash. So feel free to uh, send us questions or theories, and we will talk about them on the show. Uh, Till next time. You have a DVR. Use it. Bye 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 bye. Facebook. That was a pretty, okay. pretty OG ending, yeah. That was that a it OG is. Throwing it back. Good. That was really cute, you guys. <laughs> You're like OG, oh, oh, gangsters. <laughs> <laughs> when I 
first heard that, that I didn't know what, what it is. meant. And then the first time I saw it was when someone mentioned, like someone there was a, there was a meme that popped up with Oliver Felicity and Diggle, and it said, uh-huh. "Oh, Arrow, oh geez," or Stephen Amell tweeted that, and I was like, "What the heck?" Is <laughs> and I was like, "Once, once groovy, uh, <laughs> once groovy." compatible i don't know and then i looked it up and i was like oh original gangster okay cool. <laughs> i see you're pretty gangster i'm pretty gangster myself <laughs> i was once groovy <laughs>